Well, Mr. Lowry, we are now live, but you look a little sweaty. Are you actually outside in the forest? <clears throat> I, outside, I, I, sh I shouldn't say forest. That's not like a southern redneck thing. Are you out in the woods? I am not out in the woods. Well, yeah, according to that picture, yeah, I am out in the woods. In Louisiana, burning up, sweating, but thank goodness, it's a little cooler than it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, so are uh, you having some AC problems or what's up? Having a little difficulties. The Lowry house does not have air conditioning. We did this morning when I left, but when I come home, it's a little toasty in our camp. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's not from a fire going here. Mm, had a capacitor. One of my capacitors popped Sunday. First time we've had any air trouble in quite a while. And luckily got somebody out here and got that trouble shot and uh, figured out pretty quickly. So I'll wish you the best of luck. If I have window units if you need to borrow a couple. Oh, that's quite all right. I think we'll get by. I drug the old shop fan in from the shop and got it cranked up. I hope it isn't affecting my audio any. Nah, not much. I can hear it a little bit, but I don't think it really matters. And besides, it's our show anyway. If we want to have fans going, by golly, we can have fans going. That, that's right. That's right. So, what is on tap for tonight? Well, uh, let's see. I think I have everything ready, sort of. Um, we've got a guest coming on, Brandon Trosclair, who is a Secretary of State candidate. He'll, we've interviewed him before, I think, in show 145. Um, interesting. Uh, so we're going to interview him at some point again. He's going to come on as a guest. Uh, we're going to talk about term limits and that blasted city council meeting, and there were some fireworks between Tommy Queen David, of all yep. things. I got to tell you, Tommy Chandler is uh, looking like he's starting to hit on all cylinders and find his stride. I, I He's trying. I'll, I have to give him a little bit of credit. He's trying. Oh, look, we got a bunch of people. Hello, Terry. Uh, hello, Martu. I guess I'm saying that right. Uh, Miss Ann and Charlie and Judy, glad to have y'all. But you're right. He is. Got to give him a little credit there. He is uh, starting to try anyway. Yeah, it, it, it was a... Uh, a pretty amazing council meeting and uh i, I think folks are gonna kind of really be they're gonna be surprised i, I think they're gonna be happy with uh, what they saw i mean you you're having uh government deliberating on issues in a public way i mean yeah. it was it was transparent right one of the few times that the city council has actually been transparent all right so we've also got to talk about uh, you know, a few of the qualifying candidates, if we have time for uh, some of the local races, and that damn Cypress District. Or no, should I rephrase that? The Cypress District Dam. Something's wrong with the dam out there? Well, not yet, but maybe. But anyway, we'll talk a, a few minutes about that. And um, anyway, I posted some videos for everybody to see that posted over the last few days, so y'all can go check those out. All right. Let's go ahead and hit the uh, countdown and all that good stuff. Get that out of the way. And we will be back in uh, a couple of minutes, folks. Y'all know the drill. If knew a lot of the back office on the politicians that they think walk on water, uh, they would be shocked. You know, there's an old wound from a knife in my back that just is giving me heck lately. And it's just really irritating. So I have to kind of wiggle around a little bit. Well, I, I've not heard my name in stable or Baton Rouge in stable in the same sentence in a long time. And I titled it a shot across the 
bow of the good old boys. Just, you know, they feel helpless, they don't feel heard, they have nowhere to turn. Some Republicans as well believe that government has the answers. And let me tell y'all something, I don't know anything government does well, nothing. And aren't there laws that say that you have public meetings so that the public can have accountability of their elected officials? They're making a little bit of progress, but I would definitely have to give uh, give the race to Caddo Parish right now. Yeah. I don't know, is there anybody from Plain Dealing watching, you think? As a member of the media, I'm very concerned about the what I've just heard. Did you or did you not requisition uh, some money to fight against this or for you? We hired a, uh, a lobbyist so for this week, folks, the cockroach of the week, according to Bozier Watch and Duke Lowry and Rex Moncrief, is Raymond Croon's legislative assistant, <laughs> Allie Feaster-Smith. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm not thinking Star Wars at all. I'm thinking <laughs> zombie apocalypse. No way. Okay, it was not okay. You know it wasn't David Montgomery. David okay. ain't going to jump off in there with Chris. Okay. Do it. He'd soon spit on him as he would even look at him. Man, this is a Mickey D's Krispy Kreme wheat. Didn't you know? Who, who's paying y'all? And if you're driving on the roads, are you safe? Uh, it's in the road, yeah. Well, I know you're on the road, but... I mean, is this all folks coming from the border down there? Yeah, it's going to the border. It's actually going to Mexico, the buses. Doesn't mean they interpret it the same way that I do. For instance, the Second Amendment. I take it very literally. That's been interpreted different ways in the court system all the way up to SCOTUS. Yeah, that's only going to cause more division that he claims he doesn't want to cause. And it's only going to cause more suspicion. We're still right now combined on both pages in YouTube at 264 people watching. That is amazing. Folk Coleman Project, the Walker Place deal, through conscious shocking action. The purpose of their actions was to stop plaintiffs, being the Ewell Coleman and, and associated groups not, from developing Walker Place. But here's a key thing which in turn would enrich sitting city council members Scott Irwin and David Montgomery Jr. You hit the button. Does that mean that uh, people are like seeing us sitting here talking and well, chatting? In theory, you know, it's an every week thing. We got to double check and make sure it's like a miracle any of this actually works. This Bozier Watch live broadcast is brought to you by The Outdoor News, fishing and outdoors for our area. Acadiana Mortgage, over 23 years in the mortgage business. Pelican Training and Consulting. Smarter Geek, making technology easier. And the many supporters, donations, and folks sharing information and watching out for Bozier. Now, grab your popcorn and a drink. Here we go. And here we are. Once again. Somebody said there was smoke coming from somebody's ears. What? Ooh, oh, they're talking I, about Tommy. Yeah, I think Tommy got a little heated. Wouldn't he? Wasn't smoking the tires on the Tahoe. He was uh, smoke coming from his ears, pretty much. I I would tend to agree with that. Hey, uh, speaking of that, speaking of smoke and, and stuff happening, have you heard this Oliver Anthony song, "Rich Men from Richmond"? Has Has anybody else heard this? At like 
over the last week, who, this guy's gone. Yeah, who? exactly. Who? who? This guy went. I've never heard this cat you're talking about. What are you talking about? Well, this guy went from like nobody knew him to he put a video up on YouTube and this song is going crazy. It's like shot to number one on iTunes and most of the other platforms. You want to hear it? Okay, so I, so you you know me. You know me, Rex. What do you think I'm going to think of this? Do you think I'm going to like this? I think you're. it would almost bring a tear to your eye. Either that or you're going <laughs> to jump for joy, one of the two. No, I got to tell you, look, I don't know how many people watch the Yellowstone, you know, that little spinoff. I mean, granted, I hate that leftist that they've got as the main actor in it, but uh, the 1883 or whatever. Show. Yeah, I've seen it. So, like, I watched the last two episodes of this, whatever the season was, where the daughter dies or whatever. I got to tell you, I laid up in my bed crying like a baby. Right. <laughs> I was crying I, that, like a baby. It is a good show. I mean, it's got Han Solo in it. How? I mean... Yeah, no, no, no. He wasn't in there yet. This, Ooh. this, I guess, the first season of that. Oh, episode. okay. I forgot. Um, um, who was that? Yeah, oh, the was it Tim McGraw? Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Yeah, yeah. he's a jerk, but he played a good role in this thing. And anyway, oh, yeah, his daughter. Did. Yeah, his daughter ended up dying on it. Man, I got to yeah. tell you, I cried like a baby. Man. So are you telling me that this song is going? This song will move me in that way? You telling me it's that? I think it will literally touch your soul. Well, I got to hear this. All right, here we go. So hopefully we don't get kicked for copyright. I don't and, think we will because he's not signed with any music label, so we probably won't if, get kicked for copyright. But And if I go to crying like a baby on this show, you got to edit that out some kind of way. Hey, it's live. No take backs. Fortunately, right. you're, fortunately you're sweating let, profusely, so nobody let, will know. Let me get my tissue ready. <laughs> All right, here we go. Everybody else want to hear this? Let us know in the comments. I'm going to play pretty much the whole thing. If they do kick us off, then, well, we'll keep rolling on whatever platform we can. But uh, here we go. This is Oliver Anthony. I will let you know up front that it's got a couple of expletives in it, but that's okay. It's our show. Um, Oliver Anthony, here we go. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours. Bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to For people like me, people like you Wish I could just wake up and it not be true But it is, oh it is, living in the new world With an Just miners on an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to eat And the whole beast milking welfare
but I've listened to it a dozen times in the last day or so. And I I mean, I just keep liking the song more. I mean, look, I, I, that, that song, that's descriptive of the world today. And it, we're not talking about, he's, he's saying, uh, North of Richmond, you know, he's talking about DC, but, that very easily can be Bozier City. That can be, you know, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Towns all across. I mean, that that is everybody's uh, plight. And yeah. uh, you dad gone right. He he came right out of the gate swinging. I mean, just dives right into it. You know, taxes, BS pay, uh, mentions islands and kids, and I, you know, he's obviously talking about Epstein. And, and that whole situation, I mean, he just came out swinging and swinging hard. I mean, you know, the thing is, we're all freaking sick and tired of it. We're tired. It's just like, I mean, Bozier City, Bozier City and what they're doing. What do you think? I mean, they want to all sit up there and I'm going to call each and every one of them. And I'm going to start with the ones who are. It's the most egregious, Vince Maggio. Yes. Vince Maggio. Second, the most egregious, Bubba Williams. The third most egregious, Jeff Darby. The fourth, Jeff Free. And the fifth, you know, the king or the queen, whatever you want to call him. And it's the most egregious because each one of them in that order, you know, espouses to support the interests of the citizens of Bozier, that that's their why. Their why is to serve the citizens of the Bozier. Well, if that's your why, you should, it shouldn't even be a question. You've heard and you know, you know what the people want. You choose to ignore it. You choose to look for something 
to, for you to be able to ignore the will of the people of Bozier. You're choosing to do that. Find whatever word you can hang your hat on, and we're going to go through all of that. Find whatever word you want to hang your hat on, but the fact of the matter is, is you are choosing to do it. You're choosing to ignore the people. So your why that you say that you stand for, it's all bullshit. In this song, it says exactly that. You know, if any of those guys are watching this, that song is about you. It it's is. About, well, it's about you. He's got a line in there that says, they think you don't know, but I know that you do. And to me, that symbolizes some of the shenanigans that we're going to look at here in a little bit where uh, Queen David and Jacobs are trying to baffle people with BS rather than dazzle them with brilliance because they think they can just get by with it. And, you know, shows like ours... Other shows, the Sobo Live, you know, they're starting to get a little more political on the Sobo Live. The two guys down there on the sidewalk and, and other statewide podcasts and all that, people are starting to wake up. The great thing about technology is we are living in the information age. Just like that guy went from shooting videos on his phone, within one week rocketed to the top of iTunes, and had his guitar and a microphone out there. I mean, it's just phenomenal, and you're right. They're trying to pull the wool over our eyes, but they can't anymore. So, anyway, very inspirational. That, very inspirational. I mean, that is amazing. Love that freaking guy. Go and follow. Greg Bell posted. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ain't Got a Dollar. And, and, one, and you can follow him. He's got a, a YouTube channel up, his own channel that he just started. Then that the vi actual video is on Radio WV if you look that up on YouTube. Um, but go follow him. He, and if you look at some of his little short interviews he's done with, posted with his phone, I think he's the real deal. Well, right. I mean, look, we got to support people like that that, that – comes out obviously i would guess that the uh record labels and all those people probably why that's not picked up is because uh they would censor it they'd shut it down you know because it's a uh, speech that they don't approve of the same kind of thing that happened in Bozier city today you know was a uh, censoring speech um, right right off the bat <laughs> right out of the gate in which you know that came from weston marriott and I, I'm confident that's where that originated. I haven't talked to Weston, but I'm confident, you know, when he called out Charles Jacobs about the past relationship between the city, Queen David, and the, you know, unbiased, unaffiliated with Bozier, you know, Katie Bell with the Keene Law Firm, and he called it out, you know, oh, well, that's a lie. And, you know, went to trying to smash the guy. But the truth of the matter was, is there was a relationship. And yeah, there was. Why, why did Jacobs nor Queen David, why did they not put that out there? But, but more importantly, now that the city of Bossier is putting these stipulations on people and what speech can be made at the city council meetings if they don't agree with the speech or they're going to try to shut down more speech, you know, have they stopped to consider that maybe, maybe the reason they're trying to shut down speech in Bozier City 
is because people are having to come and ask the questions that they should be asking. Right. Well, and if, I don't know if you saw it today or got to that point in the city council meeting, but they tried to shut him down again. Oh, I, I did. I yeah. did. Just just unbelievable. So, Will, I'm actually trying to get the video well, marked right there for that. I mean, look, a, a government, you know, a government that's conducting a meeting, they have the right to make sure that it's orderly and to, you know, that it's not going over the line and being outrageous. Right. But when you are trying to censor speech that is against what, you know, you believe in, you know, yeah. I, I or, or you're the, trying to think of the words how to say this here or whatever, but when you're trying to shut well, down speech because you disagree with it, not because it's out of line, but because you disagree with it, that's straight up censorship. That That is not a representative government of the people. And I would argue it's total, it's something totally else. And again, you know, all of those guys sitting up there at that council meeting, you all are are showing the world what you stand for. You're showing everybody. Yeah. You're not you're not leaving any doubt in anybody's mind. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, and let's see. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to prep the city council meeting. All right, uh, video. So, how how do we want to handle this? Um, do we want to go ahead and get into some of that? Uh, do we want to talk about the the candidates that qualified for some of the races, and then? bring Brandon on or do we know his schedule or have you even thought about it? Uh, he, you know, he had an engagement and okay. as soon as he was done with that engagement, he was going to be coming on. Okay. So i tell you what, looking at the clock, why don't we talk about some of the other races and maybe even the Cypress district before we go full bore Bossier city. That sounds like a plan. So let's, uh, let me get this ready over here and we'll, move on to those topics let me uh, see if i can through the magic of the internet pull up facebook and so is facebook not want to pull up there we go so the the first race to talk about and i saw in the comments earlier who was it that brought it up they wanted to address that i see here paul johnson paul johnson says what was the deal with the Bessie board member that decided to run for another office and his wife qualified for the seat? Well, uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, he decided to run for state representative. And I don't know what? Sorry. I don't know the seat, the state representative seat number that, that uh, he chose to run for. But uh, his wife, as soon as he qualified to run for the state representative seat, um, and I think that seat, uh, oh crap, what's his uh, what's his name? Milligan. Uh, not no, not Barry, not not Milligan. Not Milligan. Uh, um, uh, golly, my mind is going blank. He he qualified to run for the state senate seat of Barry Milligan. Presley. Oh, uh, yeah, Presley. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he jumped up to qualify for that seat and then his wife then run. The interesting thing was, was she was formerly uh, a member out at the Cypress District at one time. Oh, really? Remember that? Hmm. Uh, if I did, I'd forgotten it. 
or either she was an attorney for the Cypress District. There was some relationship there. But anyway, uh, she's a lawyer in the law firm of the Seaball Law Firm, along with her husband. And I don't know, maybe they'll have, uh, you know, Seaball running for Senate. So they'll have control of a Senate seat, a state rep seat, and a Bessie seat over there out of that one law firm. Ah, going to be a busy, uh, <laughs> busy race over in that direction. All right. So, and obviously, um, I'm sure a lot of people saw. As a matter of fact, I had it as kind of the uh, backdrop. Well, if I can get that video to stop playing. I had it as the backdrop of the um, deal. Let me switch screens here. Oh, let's see. Hold on. Hey, we got some informed folks. They're spitting out names in the comments. I, I mean, and they know. That's good. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Okay, and I'm struggling here. Just a second. Bear with me, folks. Um, also, hey, I wanted, to, I wanted to shout out as well and say, you know, that uh, for the first time, I think maybe we have a live viewer from another country. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. right. Is, is uh, somebody overseas or somewhere? We've, we've got Colonel Crockett watching from Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. Well, good to have you, Colonel Crockett, <laughs> from uh, across the uh, ocean a little bit there. Well, not that far, but across it a little bit. So, Anyway, so look, that guy looks familiar. He does. So I'm just uh, going to go through some of, the, um, some of the pictures real quick. Let me see if I can make it a little bit larger, maybe. Um, so this is Andy Modica. He is giving... Um, a lot of you may know Andy, and he watches the show quite a bit in comments. Uh, we're going to have him on as a guest in the next couple of weeks, but he's running for police jury district three, or police as police juror district for district three, which of course is Philip Rogers's district. So Philip has a little competition this go round. Yeah, that you know, Andy. Uh, I've I met Andy at a couple of the uh, Cypress uh, Friends of Cypress Black Bayou Association meetings. Uh, he will speak up. He has spoke up, and uh, he's uh, let his voice. He was the guy that that last police jury meeting that said that he threw his name in the hat to be the appointee to replace Robert Barry, and he said, "Look, I know the decision's already made, you know, but hey." Here it goes. Yeah, exactly. Correct. He will speak his mind. There's no doubt about that. Now, let me adjust this screen a little bit and get this deal back up here, and we'll just kind of roll down through some of these. Apparently, I am not um, able to keep clicking like I want. All right, so Jill Sessions ran unopposed. I guess technically she's not running. She's, you know, going into her third term unopposed, so that's their celebratory deal let's see who else we've got uh police juror district 10 james carley is running i think he's a new candidate uh so quite a bit of uh, potential you have i i don't district 10 i'm not i'm not sure who which district that is and who all uh is in that district uh i don't remember right off the top of my head but some maybe somebody will let us know in the comments all right there's andy again oh look <laughs> it's robert barry what i wait a minute i i wonder if he rode the park backhoe up there to the courthouse to sign in 
I don't know. I mean, I guess he's got to do something since he's out of a job for executive director. We still haven't got back his letter of resignation, which I requested, so I'm going to have to get on the, the Cypress District's rear end because I think they're maybe this well, is day three or tomorrow is. Well, I'm thinking he didn't resign, but maybe he's running. Do you think he's wanting to be the administrator of the parish? <laughs> well, I guess, uh, let's see. How is that going to work? Would he... Would he have to move over to Caddo Parish and live in Butch Ford's house and declare homestead exemption over there to kind of do the same thing? Oh, that, you know, that seems like a natural fit. Him and Butch could just switch houses. Then he'd be qualified, right? Oh, yeah. And somebody made the comment, said, well, we, you know, why do we keep picking on him? And, well, he just makes it so easy. And it's so much fun. All right, here well, we go. Well, Let's see. Wait, wait a minute. You got to scroll back up here. We got to talk about this a little <laughs> bit more. Now, right. now, I want y'all to stop and think about this for a second. Y'all got to put your thinking caps on here. Now, this cat was accused of dual office holding. He at one point even said, talked about how he felt confident that the judges, talking about the district court judges in Benton, would see things their way, and they go to Benton. Well, guess what? Golly gee willikers, they saw things his way. Imagine Went that. to the Second Circuit. Guess what? They saw things his way. Well, step on off of that little ledge and get down there to the state Supreme Court. Well, guess what? No, they didn't see it that way. And now he's out of a job. Hmm. So doesn't it seem pretty, pretty, uh, doesn't it seem to everybody now that he's done, it's done and show that he was dual office holding. Doesn't it seem uh, pretty extreme that this guy has the gumption to jump up here and run for police jury after all of that? Well, um, doesn't, doesn't, I, it I, beg, I, doesn't it beg another question, Rex? Well, it begs the question of why. Well, I mean, it, it's almost as if he's got no worries. He's got no fear. What what gives him? How can he have the swagger to to jump up here and run for a police jury seat and think that one the public's going to vote for him and two maybe everybody's going to support him even all the politicos? Does well, he know something that everybody else doesn't know? Greg Bell just commented, and all the 26 JDC judges are recusing in succession to not touch the Barry situation. I wonder why that is. I'm wondering as well, too. I mean, I mean, it's almost like he had something over on them. And I don't know what that could be. I mean, we've kind of joked about it before, but it's almost like as if allegedly... Um, Maybe they got some free gifts, some free cabins, or I don't know. I mean, that's the scuttlebutt, but who knows? Boat stickers or... Boat stickers. I mean, what all free, what all free in his capacity could he have been dishing out to people? Well, there's no telling. And, you know, what if there was also a list of people who were willing to actually testify to that fact? What if there were a list like that? I mean, I don't know how that works on the legal side. 
Are you challenging me to up you a little bit? Is that a challenge there? Well, I mean, I okay. am sitting in the air conditioning and you're not. I'm not. So look, look, this Louisiana politics, kingfish, baby. Hey, w what if those lists and all that information made its way, you know, in legal circles? What, what if? Lots of what ifs. What, what if that information became public? Yeah, what if that information all became public? What if it would probably just be like videos of Robert Berry riding around on a backhoe that is alleged to be the park backhoe on his private property working while he was supposed to be working for the Cypress District. Oh, I, but look. You know, Maybe his Maybe. reasoning is he feels safe with the police jury. I mean, after all, they're not doing anything about Butch Ford. Literally, we hear crickets when it comes to Butch, whole Butch Ford situation. I mean, I would argue that it appears, based on the documents, that Butch has, I don't know, committed fraud. I mean, they're certainly fraudulent documents, but the police jury is doing nothing. Maybe he feels like if he can get on the police jury, he'll have a safe haven there again, kind of like Epstein's Island. Maybe he's got nothing to worry about. Maybe all those above him have his back or have to have his back for whatever information he knows. But maybe there's know. other people that know that information. I don't know. Well, and look, I, you know, not to draw too many parallels to Epstein, but since, you know, uh, Song mentioned it earlier, but it's almost kind of like the Epstein situation where all these people in the know that knew him, all of a sudden they're dead silent. Yep. Run, running deep, Crickets. running deep. Crickets. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about that soon on a show coming up. Yeah. Yeah. A little more. So what, maybe, what's maybe the there's more to that story. All right, let's keep scrolling for a little bit. So, um, Julian Darby qualified for police juror District 10. Now, I thought I read that one of the Darbys, right after they qualified, they like rescinded their qualification or whatever you call it or bowed out of it. Was it this one? Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I think it was him. I think he's the one with almost 40 years on the police jury. I mean, no, that's not a... Uh, call for term limits that you've been there for over 40 years 40 years what what is it with all these people i mean did wait a minute find the picture find the picture of bob brotherton now I, look i love coach okay. brotherton i mean right. yeah he was a coach a at Houghton high school we'll come back to those other he's a good guy yeah. I, I gotta well, tell y'all but th this is look i'm sorry is this is this how our elected officials is this how it should end up that you you have to die in office or you are physically to a point where you can't make any meetings and we keep electing you as long as you want or you keep staying in is that how politicians and how politics should be well I mean, and i agree and and the, you know the few times i've met bob through the years over you know, at different meetings and stuff like that. He's always been super nice. I, we wish him well and, and you know, uh, hope that he recovers completely. But you're right. It's, it's, it's like, you know, the Darby being in there for 40 years, uh, uh, Bob, you know, who's obviously going through some health issues. And again, we wish him well, but it's like, they're just, 
you know, qualifying to be a candidate and running for office and getting elected and reelected and reelected just because. I mean, it goes to that whole thing of entrenched incumbents. I mean, it's a why, key word. why not entrenched if, if incumbents? There, yeah, if if there's no personal benefit to you individually, you know, why not go out on top? Why not go out on you know on your own? Why not? But they won't. They won't do it. They won't just stop. That's why you need term limits. And look, I had a I had an argument with somebody, a, a former elected official, um, and and they were like, "Yeah, but you know, y- if you want to get rid of these guys and you're going to bring people in that don't know what they're doing, you're going to bring new people in that are going to make mistakes and don't know what they're doing." Yeah. Uh, well, y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, well, I mean, are we supposed but, to be dependent on a couple of people forever? And, and look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Look at the state of the country. Look at the national debt. Is every every one of these entrenched politicians for the last 20 of 30, 20 to 30 years, how well have y'all done? Really, well, let's have let's have some retrospection. How how well have you truly done? Because we're actually in a hell of a bind. Maybe, just maybe, all of the fuck. And I mean, and I'm not trying to insult you know a lot of the audience that are older because it's not all your fault. You all have not been in these elected offices. But these folks that have been in for twenty or thirty years, maybe the freaking state of the country and our our state and our local politics and all. Maybe you own ownership in it because you won't get the hell out of the way. Well, look, let me get on my soapbox for a minute, logistically speaking. So you're right. The argument always is, well, you know, the people, the incumbents that have been in there for years and years, they've got all this experience and we just can't have somebody new coming in because they won't know their way around a lot. Horse shit. The president, every eight years, the entire administration changes if you can do it for the office of the president, you can certainly do it for city councilman or police juror. Now, granted, <clears throat> granted, the president has an entire entourage and staff to do the transition teams and all that. But again, I would argue he's got or she has a lot more responsibility than a police juror, police juror seat or a city councilman. So that whole argument is just a wash. I'll say this, too. If you're a sitting representative or police juror or city councilman or whatever the deal is, and you haven't set yourself up to be able to transition to the next person, then you're a failure. What if something happens to you and we have to put somebody in in a special election? What about then? So do your jobs. Make sure that what you do is well documented. There are you know, secretary, staff to help in the transition, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox, but that well, whole argument is a wash to me as well. It, it, it is a wash. And my contention is, is that can really a new person that doesn't know where the bathrooms are, can they really do that much worse? Can they do worse? I, I, would, well, contend that, I would contend that they can't do that much worse. Um, all right. Let me, I'm going to do something here that normally I would not do. I'm going to actually give Robert Barry credit where credit's due. Don't fall out of your chair, Duke. Because 
Jim Anderson put a comment up here, so I want to address it for a second. He said, in the last meeting, he said he was willing to help anybody in the district that needed help. He would do it for free, but I thought the ruling was that he could not have anything to do with the park or the Cypress district for two years. All right, so let me address that, Jim. And let's let's get off Brotherton here, and we'll scroll back up. So Robert Barry is now a regular citizen as far as the Cypress district is concerned and being executive director of which he is no longer. They're public meetings. He can attend just like everybody else. You don't have to be a landowner or a lake owner because remember the Cypress district has taxing authority over 61, oh no, 65 of the 81 precincts in the parish of Bossier. But not just that, it is literally a public meeting. You can go to it if you want to and Robert Berry has every right to go to it. And I'll give him credit. I mean, he was politicking hard, and I think I saw him slip his resume to Ruttenbuck, but he literally was trying to be helpful in that meeting. Now, that may shock some of y'all because I've been on his rear end pretty hard and heavy for about four or five years now, but he did do that. Now, he can attend the meetings. Well, and, and that, that exactly makes the argument because... If for a lot of these elected officials, if they care about, you know, the constituency and the city or the parish or the entity or whatever body that they formerly represented, you know, just because they're gone and a new person comes in, if they truly cared about it, you know what? They're going to hang around and they're going to offer their wisdom and experience to say, this is why you don't want to do this, or this is why you want to do this, or this was the experience when this happened, this was the circumstance, and offer that knowledge and help, they they would do that. Yeah, and he they did would. offer it. Look, he even got up there and agreed. He said the words, Ray, Renee Hall is correct. He even said that Renee was correct about something up there. I mean, like I said, I think I saw him slip Rauschenbach is you know, resume, but that's beside the point. All yeah, right. But, but the, but the problem is, is so many of these people are, they're making careers out of, you know, positions that weren't meant to be careers that, that that's it in a nutshell. I mean, the police jury, I think I'm correct in saying this, but I'll give you an example. The police jury, I think is the highest paid police jury in the state. They're paid the max. They, I wouldn't doubt that. And and we've really got to look into the money, you know, of how much they're making, because I think it's kind of pretty lucrative. I think something else is going on there. I think it's about health insurance. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure that that's one of the reasons they're there. I, I don't know, guys. I mean, people well, should not look. be going into politics, you know, to... Most, most people out here are self-employed or, or whoever they're working for. I mean, they don't get to make the rules for themselves. No, they don't. But look, now, full disclosure, I know Jill Sessions. You know, used to work with her when I was on the uh, Board of Election Supervisors and all that. She runs a tight ship in that office. I mean, those girls up there, she has an army of girls and a couple of guys sprinkled throughout there, but they run a tight ship. She is also now running unopposed for the third time. I, I would argue because she's doing a, 
pretty darn good job, and you know, and her whole office and staff are. But she's also, I think, if I'm correct, the highest paid public official in the parish. I I understood that to be the case. I have heard that. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, but what is what is the limit for a public official? How much should a public official make? Should it be seven figures? I don't know. Now, should it be eight? And she'll she'll tell you real quick because she educated me on this as well. The clerk of court's office doesn't get any taxpayer dollars. As far as what we all consider taxes, they run strictly off the court fees and all those fees that we have to pay to pull up digital documents, which that's a whole other conversation. Who who pays all who pays that? Oh, it's all of us taxpayers. Yeah, I mean, and the people, you know, like if you get a speeding ticket or you have to uh, sue somebody, you know, or or whatever, you know, and pay the court fees. I'm sorry, that's a play on words. I mean, look, I'm I've got no criticism of of that office up there. I've got none whatsoever. I I think it it runs well. I think they do a good job. I have heard stories, you know, about problems. Um, I I will I'll acknowledge that I take an issue with. Uh, her, not maybe not necessarily her, but the her the association, and them promoting a specific election voting machine for across the state of Louisiana. Maybe when uh, Brandon Trostclair comes on here, we'll ask him specifically about that machine, because I know for a fact other states across the country have had problems with those machines. But you know the, it. They a lot of people a lot of people follow her and that group, and for them to go out and say that we should do this, you know, when there are problems with those machines, I I take issue with that. Yeah, well, I uh, I pretty much take issue with it a little bit too. Okay, so moving on down the list though, so you know they do the little introductory pictures, and there's our good friend Barry Butler. Uh, who is running for police juror district five against your best friend, Juliana Parks. Look, Barry Butler is top shelf. I mean, the guy, he says what he thinks, whether you like it or not, he doesn't hold back. A lot of people, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people uh, think Barry is too straightforward. You know what? I want you to tell me that the, the sky is black if it's black, I don't want you to tell me it's blue when it's black. I mean, Barry's that guy. Barry's the guy that uh, called out the, the issues and the problems, you know, with the sewer district. And, you know, Barry, uh, Barry was a police juror back at one time. Yeah, and he's got experience in it. The gob, I'm just going to say it this way, the gob network organized to get rid of him. And, I mean... The guy is intelligent. He's smart. There is not enough positive things that I can say about him. The one thing that I do know is, is the guy is loyal to Bossier Parish, and he's not loyal to any police jurors or individuals. And if they need to be, if you and I need to be called out, he'll call us out. Yeah, I can say that his opponent. I've seen it firsthand. She's she said it. You're not going to get me to talk about my friends. She told me that. Talking about the police jurors. Well, it don't make a damn whether you're friends with another elected official or not. You have an obligation to the people that you were voted on to represent. 
that's who you've got allegiance to. That's who you represent. I mean, Barry Butler's that guy. He's going to represent the people, not, you know, his self-interest or anybody else's interest. Yeah, look, I, I can say, you know, in full disclosure, I'm going to help him some with his campaign with some videos and technical stuff and all that. But, uh, you know, we were all on the peck together, you, me, Barry. And there were a couple of times where Barry and I didn't see eye to eye. But he, like you said, he is a straight shooter. He doesn't mind voicing his opinion. He will listen, though. So if you have an opposing viewpoint and you can articulate your reasons why you think something is right or wrong, Barry will absolutely listen. And he may, in the end, change his mind, or, or he may come to a different conclusion, but uh, he definitely doesn't hold back when he thinks uh, something's not going right. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and, and I one would only need to point, and this goes for all the current police jurors, they, they all have to defend their votes on the different issues i mean look they granted this time around they got it right on robert berry but not all of them did uh, in this case in this race juliana parks didn't didn't vote to replace robert berry um no. she she voted the first vote you know came to to put madden on there she voted against putting madden on there in that race you know the the making making uh the parish administrator you know uh the parish administrator when he lived in caddo parish you know mm -hmm. his opponent did that i, I yep. don't think robert i mean i don't i don't think barry would have done that i don't think so all right so scrolling on down the list um i don't i don't really know this guy at all but he's running for school board district four william layton i guess is his name so We'll have to see what we can find out about him. And any of these candidates are welcome to come on the show. All you've got to do is, you know, if you're friends with them or know them or they happen to be watching the show, just reach out to us and uh, you're welcome to come on. And, of course, Chris Turner. I guess he qualified by a petition. Yeah, that is a, an interesting twist. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that there are two ways to qualify. You can just easily go up there, pay the money, and qualify. Or you can go and collect signatures from people within the respective district nominating you to be a candidate. And if you get the, uh, you know, the, the required number of signatures, just like a petition, uh, you will automatically be put on the ballot. And I, I got to tell you in, in my recollection of Bossier Parish politics, he may be the first person that's ever done that. Yeah, maybe so. So I don't, I don't recall anyone else ever doing it. Yeah. All right, let's see. And, uh, of course, he's uh, going against Dodie Horton. I think her picture's probably down here in a minute. Charles Gray qualified as the incumbent. I don't know how long Charles Gray's been on the police jury. Maybe Barry knows. Now, Charles um, Gray, look, there's there's hot and cold there. I like Charles Gray. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I do like Charles Gray. Charles Gray was front and center to sign the term limits petition. He showed up yeah. on the first day and he was standing right there and he supports it. And he also supports yeah. for the police jury. Um, but I would also point out he voted against uh, Madden to be appointed to the Cypress district. Um, so <laughs> there's that. There's that. Now, uh, let's scroll on up. Uh, let's see. Mary Odom, police juror district one. Um, 
And so I, I folks, I, I should have had this pulled up on the notes who all the district police jurors were for now. So uh, let's see. We don't really have any information on her. Uh, scroll on down. Bob Brotherton, where we talked about Mr. Bob. Uh, oh, Robert Mills. Of course, he qualified. He's running for Senate District 36. That's going to be an interesting race between he and Adam Bass. That is going to be an interesting race. If the race was, uh, if the race was held today and it was a measure of signs, uh, obviously Robert would be losing today. Yes. But uh, Bass has done homework and has put a, a lot of signs out. But the old adage of signs don't vote, um, that that holds true. Um, yeah. I don't know in this race. I, I got to tell you, it it uh, I I can't I can't tell which way this one's going to go. I think Bass is putting up a uh, some opposition to Robert that Robert didn't expect, and I think Robert's playing a little bit of catch up. But I, you know, I think once they get down in the weeds and they start debating some issues, it's going to be interesting to to hear. Just today, I got a text message campaign. You know, it's one of those campaign things right. by text message from the Mills campaign talking about how uh, Robert has fought for insurance reform. So I, the question is, <laughs> how do y'all think Bass being in the insurance business, how's he going to uh, go on insurance reform? <laughs> yeah. And well, you know, the, what Mills has been hammered on has been, you know, the catchphrase has been tax increases lately. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of questions for Adam on that. As a matter of fact, I think Adam's my my school board member. I need to call him. We need to get Adam. Well, Adam needs to come on this show. He well, needs to look, answer some questions. No, it. I, look, let's get them both on it. Let's get them both and let's have a debate between them because uh, the truth of the matter is, is I think there's criticism that could be waged against both of these guys. Um, you know, they both have a record. You know, Bass being on the school board and Mills being a state senator. You know, look, Robert has gotten a lot of criticism because this last legislative session with the money coming back to Bossier. Um, a lot of questions out there on what took place down in the, the end days of this session. You know, granted, we have a governor that was not favorable and, and I, I would contend sought to punish Bossier. Um I don't know. We, well, we may need to let the candidates. Uh... Yeah. I, here, here uh, this comment that Paul Johnson uh, just put up, let me put it back up on the screen where it says Republicans at the women's meeting uh, going after him pretty good. I just find it amazing that all of the support that Mills had, and he was a great guy, you know, back in the Mills Gaddy race. And don't get me wrong. I've come to like Robert because, like I said, he's, you know, the interviews he's done on our show, he comes on and we can ask him anything and he does his best to answer it. But I just find it amazing in four years when MJ's team MJ decided that they were done with him, just how quickly he got kicked to the curb. I just find that amazing. Ryan Haygood says, ask Bask how he voted wrong on every medical freedom issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's true there's there's some questions i want to ask him about a 40 percent deal how well i'll get to that later 
anyway, we'll save that for later. All right, let's scroll on up. Okay, wait a minute. Somebody messaged me and said that jurors make $1,600 a month. Okay. Well, you know, they ain't getting rich. Yeah, but still, $1,600 a month, that's almost a, a car payment or a house payment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, look, there's Adam right there. So. Yeah, I, I mean, look. I mean, me and you are politicos. Here's, here's the problem with doing this show and doing what we're doing here. You and I are politicos. And we know the ins and outs of every single one of these candidates. We know a lot of their votes. We know where criticism is proper. We, we know where criticism isn't proper. But it's not our job to, to really do the bidding of these candidates when they're in the middle of a race, un unless we have a personal, <laughs> a personal bias or a personal agenda. It's our show. We can. But, but in this race, I think it's the candidates' responsibility to call each other out and point out the flaws for the public so the public can make their own decision and be informed about it. Well, look, it's just like with Barry Butler. We're good friends with Barry. You know, I'm, I'm going to help him some with his campaign and all that. But when Barry comes on the show, we're going to ask him some tough questions. And I have a feeling that Barry's going to give us the answers. And yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll mostly agree. There may be some things that I don't agree with. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know uh, of something bad on Barry. I don't know what position or things he believes in that I don't believe in, you know, politically or, or for I, I've never heard nothing that I don't agree with that, that I think it doesn't mean there isn't. Well, we'll find out. OK, so Raymond Cruz. He's qualifying again, state rep, district eight. No opposition. Uh, yeah, no opposition. Uh, let's see. Uh, police jury district. Well, there's a bunch of police jury candidates. Is this Andre Wilson? Um, I don't know much about him or anything, really. Uh, another candidate. Oh, we know that guy. Michael Ferris. And, uh, you know, we've had Michael on the show, and, of course, you're welcome back anytime, and uh, we'll discuss some more stuff if you want to. It'd be kind of a, looks like kind of a tight show if we had uh, everybody from District 1 on that's running for District 1 on, but uh, we may do something like that. Again, everybody's welcome on the show. Yeah, so my, Michael Ferris, I mean, he, he is, I'm going to say this about him, he is the quintessential uh, new guy, yeah. you know, he doesn't know where the bathrooms are. So the argument, this is the perfect example. You know, Coach Brotherton has been in there forever. He knows where the bathrooms are. You know, the the argument against term limits is, is that we should continue to keep Coach Brotherton in there because he's an institution and he's been in there forever. Therefore, he won't make no mistakes. So we shouldn't change, you know, and Michael Ferris, he hasn't ever been in there. He doesn't know where the bathrooms are. He's going to make mistakes. Therefore, we shouldn't, you know, make a change and give him a chance. Well, for that's all flawed, those, in, for, all the logic. In, for all the entrenched incumbents on the police jury, all I've got to say is Robert Barry for all those years and Butch Ford. And then you and, can throw on the library board for good measure. And you all knew, we told you repeatedly yeah. you heard it right. repeatedly you ignored it right so that's all i got to say about that it should be easy for a lot of these police your uh, uh candidates to 
go. All right, here's another candidate, uh, Mary Giles for District 10. Don't know much about Mary, but I guess we'll see as the campaigns go on. Um, John Ed Jordan, incumbent again, police juror, District 4. Now, now that's a tough one because I like John Ed. He's, he's got cows sure. right, right next to my property up in Plain Dealing at my farm. He's, yeah. I like I'm not John saying, Ed. I'm not saying any of these people aren't nice people, but, you know. I don't know. How, do we know how, how long has John Ed been in there? Anybody know? I think only one term, uh, okay. but uh, his opponent's a good guy, too. I think he's an appraiser. Yeah. And look, <clears throat> the good Sheriff Julian has some competition this year. Yeah, I, I don't know, Mr. Green. <clears throat> Rumor says, or, or what I hear is, is that he was a former sheriff's deputy <clears throat> who... Uh, uh, I, I don't know all the circumstances, but is no longer a sheriff's deputy and that this has something to do with a uh, disagreement with his employment up there. I don't know all the details on it. Could be interesting. All right. Uh, let's. Oh, and there's our good friend, Philip Rogers, District 3. Well, I mean, look. What... Uh, so at, at, let me say this because I've been on Philip's ass. Are we going to do it or are we going to let Andy do it? And I live in Philip's district. No. He's my police juror. Okay. Well, should I hit him or are you going to hit him or are we going to, what are we going to do? No, here, here's what I'm going to say for now. And we'll get into all this, you know, as the races go on. Uh, at least Philip did the right thing finally. When his back was against the wall, literally against the wall, and his own wallet was spilling. When his I'll back, when his back was against the wall, or against the door of his home, and it finally came to his front doorstep. Correct, or more specifically, to his dock. But, <laughs> but in addition, he is an incumbent. In addition, he voted to make uh, uh, the Caddo Parish guy the uh Hello, parish Butch administrator uh, you know not against the law and he's still there now as he's running now he's still the parish administrator not in compliance and with the just law just ignoring it and of course there's the whole library board thing and kicking out the old ladies uh barry butler says raise sewage fees three consecutive years so we'll discuss some more of that uh but anyway so most of y'all know philip um well, we'll see if we can get Philip on. He may come on the show. Probably not, but he might. Uh, Weston says, did Philip ever finish his doc? You know, that is a good question, Weston. I think I'm going to do a public request and uh, see if I can get the documents between them and Philip and where all that transpired and how it ended up because we've heard crickets on that for the last month or so, month and a half. But we'll try I, I mean, look, I'd love for Philip to come on, but I don't think Philip will come on. I mean, the last time Philip and I talked, we had an hour-long argument about the Cypress District and about Robert Berry. Only he was defending Robert Berry in the phone call that, that I had, and now he's come full circle. <clears throat> I, I don't think he'll come on the show. I mean, eh, probably if, he, if he wants to come on the show and he wants to say, you know what? I was wrong. I should have been listening to y'all. I give him credit. I will compliment him on acknowledging it. But I don't think he will say that he's wrong. I don't think he'll do it. 
We'll see. We'll invite him. He can always turn it down. His prerogative. Yep. Okay. And then Dodie Horton running for, um, what is it, District 9? Yeah. District 9 state rep. She is the incumbent. Um, and I guess we've been making – well, now, let me get this straight. So Dodie ran the first time, and then she ran unopposed the last term, but because of redistricting, she can run again. Is that the way I understand that correctly? No, no, she can only serve three terms. You know, is it a three? Okay, the three term terms. three. Okay, I'm sorry, I was thinking wrong. Yeah, I was thinking it was two in terms. the in the house. Okay. Now she could run in another state rep district, but still she would be limited to three terms total. Right. Okay. So she's in her final term, and you know the the argument in the case that she would make is is that, you know, look, I've been in there, I've had a Democrat governor, he's wanted me, and and I've seen this on her campaign issues, they've tried to bend me to compromise on you know my moral issues and i have not i've stood by those and you know our district has been punished because we wouldn't compromise on moral issues and people are wondering like well how the heck you know how, how does that how does moral issues have anything to do? it was politics i mean if you don't vote for opening the bathrooms up for transgenders, then you know what? You may get money cut out of your district if you're a conservative and you've got a liberal or a leftist governor. That stands to reason and it's to be expected. I mean, well, here's but, what I, here's what I can say about Doty. Um, back during the whole burn chamber, burn chamber debacle and camp Menden debacle. She, uh, came to a PEC meeting and literally told James Madden no and stood up to him. I mean, she did it nicely. It wasn't, you know, a vindictive thing or whatever, but make a long story short. And we cover, well, I covered this one. I was on the PEC, but anyway, she, um, the Maddens were trying to I remember that. And I disagreed with her. Yeah. But I, I actually agreed with her and you and I were kind of on a little bit opposite terms there but uh but she told him no and she meant it sincerely and she articulated why uh and then on the cypress district issue she did her best even with you know a hired lobbyist in opposition she did her best and at least got a bill finally pushed through that did help a little bit uh so i'll give her that she will stick to her guns uh if she feels that she's right and she feels that she has the support behind her i'll give her that so yeah Anyway, all right, uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Dennis Bamberg. I don't think he had any uh, yeah, competition. Newly, newly elected Senator Bamberg. Yeah. Uh, Senator or state rep? District 5. State rep. Oh, I'm going to call him Senator. Nah, he's headed that way. I'm not going to. I'm going to call him Senator. I'm not going to call him rep. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Then we got Tommy Green, school board. I don't know how many more of these there are. Keith Sutton. Well, yeah. uh, that's yeah. one of the Sobo. Uh, let's see. Does Keith do the Sobo live stuff with with you, Wes? He does, he's the so he's the sidewalk guy with. I know, but isn't he doing some uh, Sobo live stuff with some football or something? Or maybe I'm imagining. No, no, no. You're Correct butchering it all. You're Man. butchering it all up. Sobo live is Weston Marriott. Right. He may, I don't know. He may be jumping over there a little bit with Weston. Weston, what is he doing that? But I thought maybe know. he and Cheeto were uh, doing some football stuff. Ah, see there, looky there. Weston says well, yes, yeah, sir. He I said wasn't. He is okay. I'm I sorry, Bob. 
I wasn't completely crazy. I see. I listen to their podcast and their their live show every now and then. Uh, anyway, Key seems to be a pretty good guy. You know, we'll we'll see as the the race goes on and you know where he stands well, on it, different things. There, there again, another case of he doesn't know the bath where the bathrooms are, so therefore he some that that's well, what they need to well, do. Maybe, they, need to, they need to change the qualifications that demands that you know where the bathrooms are for the office that you're seeking to run for. Well, maybe they just and need to have the all the, they need to have all the newbie jurors get out there and meet out in the hall, and they can all go to the bathroom <laughs> and find it together, you know, so that everybody knows where it is. All right, uh, Pam Glorioso, where is that? The same Pam Glorioso that was um, worked for the city. Yes, yeah, the same former CAO uh, of Bossier City. Yes. Uh, her husband, I think, was Pete Glorioso, longtime Bossier person. Uh, yeah, she's a good person. She, she, uh, I, I will say uh, without question, cares about Bossier City, cares about Bossier Parish. I believe her heart has always been been there for that. I, I got to tell you, I like her and Charles Gray both. Uh, I think both of those people are fine individuals that are wanting to be in government for the right reasons. And I don't think a, a vote, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be troubled with that vote because those are both good people. Yeah. All right. So the police jury race is shaping up to be interesting. And Jeff Sadow had a good article about that too, by the way, if y'all haven't read it, go to his, um, Bose reviews on Substack. Larry Hawkins says Pete was her father. I couldn't, I couldn't remember Larry. I mean, it's, I mean, Pete, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see who else have we got. Uh, Jimmy Cochran. Uh, what this, yeah. District seven. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, did Jim, Jimmy didn't have anybody oppose him. He's a good guy. I don't think so. Uh, Mac Plummer, uh, district 12. Let's see. Tom Salser, District 11, is, of course, the incumbent. Uh, Jeremy Darby is the incumbent for District 10, police jury. I oh, always get the Darby brothers confused. There's so many Darbys in politics. Oh, look, the taxman Doug Rimmer. Taxman Doug Rimmer, who does not support term limits, and uh, I- I'm sure he will be leading the fight. Uh, he he did there. as it was getting closer to... Uh, race time, he did at least finally get on the right side of being on the opposite side of Barry. <laughs> finally, kind of like Philip Rogers. Yeah, you know, he did. We'll give him credit. I mean, he, he got lucky on that one, and uh, he probably got tired of hearing about Barry. I know for a fact, because I brought it up at the uh, Republican Parish Executive Committee meeting uh, when he was the chairman, you know, two or three years ago, however long ago it was, right. and both him and uh, uh, his other police jury member that you just showed right there didn't wasn't having none of it. Didn't want to hear. In fact, we highlighted the fact that right. he said at the police. I mean, we have the recordings of the police jury meeting and the PEC meeting. He said at the PEC meeting, he said, "Well, if if we'd have known that about Barry, you know, we wouldn't have done that." And then we played the meeting where. Uh, he made the motion himself or, or yeah. seconded the motion. It was one of those. <laughs> I don't know. All right. And I guess we'll end this because our guest, Brandon, is here in the green room right now. So we'll check in on him here in just a second. But let's go and end it with Juliana Parks. 
Well, what do you want to say about your friend Juliana? Look, she <laughs> she needs to continue to be in the police jury. She's got political aspirations, and if that means making a parish uh, administrator who is not legally by law able to be the parish administrator, she's your girl. If that means people being on a library board, you know, not in compliance with the law, she's your girl. She's it. If that means not making a change on a dual office holder in the Cypress district, she's your girl. I mean, and somebody who won't talk about her friends who are politicians sitting beside her, she's she's your person. That That's who you got to go with. And rumor has it, uh, from what I've heard, she's not real cozy to uh, term limits either. Yeah, I mean, and, and she doesn't, she thinks elected officials and the good old boys should be able to stay in forever. But in addition to that, uh, anyway, how many yeah, additions we, do we have to put on it? We could keep going. Good grief, there's a lot of people. Uh, there were, let me get two more, and then we'll bring Brandon in. Donald Stevens for District 4 Police Jury, and then Jack Harville uh, for District 4 as well. So lots of action in the Police Jury camp. Okay. Let me click here. That's going to bring us both on. And I'm going to see if I can get the screen set up for our guest here. So uh, in the background, hopefully, we'll see. All so right, see. a lot of people, they don't pay much attention to the Secretary of State's races. And I would contend that the Secretary of State's races actually probably is the most important race of all the races that you'll vote in in any state and why is that because if the votes in your elections are not fair if your votes and your wishes are not recorded correctly or your votes or wishes are not you know acted upon collectively then you you don't exist. Uh, it's all for naught. Yeah. Well, it's, let's. It's um, all for nothing. Let's bring on our guest. Let me hit that button and go there. And for some reason, we don't have audio. Uh, hold on. Let me let me do this and let me do this. Let me do this. Uh, can you hear us now, Brandon, or can we hear you? I've been hearing you for a while, so glad to be on tonight. All right. Well, we got your audio. You're coming through loud and clear. Uh, it looks to me like you're driving so uh, or, or riding along or whatever, so be kind of careful, and we won't try to keep you too long. Oh, man, look, I'm here. I got uh, just leaving uh, my third event for the night here and over in Lafayette, and uh, I'm driving on these uh, bumpy roads here in Louisiana, but I got an hour and a half uh, back home, so I'm, I'm here as long as you need me. I'm glad to be here. I wish Secretary of State had something to do to help fix the roads, but unfortunately, the office you're seeking, <laughs> you got to fix this bumpy election system or whatever. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah, you're right. So, Brandon, I'm going to jump right into it real quick. So, here's the thing. People say, or some people say, and I'm sure by now you've gotten this question, they say, you know, we're not ready to have our elections, you know, systems 
to handmark paper ballots like Brandon Trosclair declares. We, we, we can't do that. We, there's no way we can get it done. And, and just voters and people aren't ready for that. Have you had anybody say that to you? And what do you say to that? No, so I actually I haven't had that mentioned the first time. In fact, what uh, what the voters of Louisiana are saying, and they certainly said it loud and clear here tonight in Lafayette, that the people of Louisiana deserve elections as good as the people of Louisiana are. And they are yearning for, for, for a safe and secure, honest elections here in Louisiana. They're sick and tired uh, of all the corruption that we have at the State Department uh, and, and these, these Dominion machines that we have. Um, you know, 68% of our country don't trust our elections, Duke. 68% of our country, and that's shameful. And again, um, I'm not hearing that at all. The people are, are wanting change, demanding change, and they want secure elections. Uh, it's overwhelmingly the amount of support that we get everywhere we go that they want hand more secure paper ballots. So that's the first time I've ever heard uh, that asked that we're not ready for safe and secure elections. I think it's the exact opposite. I got a question for you since you mentioned that. So on the yes, last sh the last show, so I'm going to ask you the kind of contrarian question here. So so okay. you're up for it. Uh, during the last show that we had you on, which was uh, I don't know, show 145. Anyway, you said you are running to clean up, and I quote, the train wreck of election processes. Yes, sir. And you articulated very clearly your reasons for that, and we mostly agreed on it. But I got a question for you. So do you think this fall's elections in Louisiana are going to be a train wreck, and will they be fair, and can we trust the elections, whether you get elected or whether Kyle gets reelected? Well, first of all, Kyle is uh, no longer running for reelection, so that certainly won't happen. Um, so good, that, good that won't happen for sure. But, but what, what we're fighting for, uh, and many of you may not know this since I've been on the last show, but I've been asking and, and for safe and secure elections for two years now, and it really starts with cleaning up our voter rolls. I've told you all many times that according to the law, that we have 704,000 people that are inactive and ineligible on, on our voter rolls. That's one in five people in Louisiana. And it all starts with that. So since the last time that we've talked, I have sued our secretary of state and the registrar of voters in order to do that before this coming October election. What many people will remember that uh, just last year when they done the recall down in New Orleans of their mayor there, they settled out of court with the secretary of state and they removed 38,000 people from the voter rolls. Well, it's like that in every single parish. And in fact, I'm here to tell you that Orleans is not the worst it's like that all across louisiana and so what we've done is we, we've been telling our secretary of state for years clean up the voter rolls clean up the voter rolls they've been telling us they're 99.9 percent .9 accurate when the heritage foundation gives us an f in the accuracy of our voter rolls and again we have 704,000. they were called in front of the legislature this past session and they finally admitted that there's at least 189,000. So when that happened, we called up the State Department yet again, and, and we told them, hey, I'm glad y'all finally admitted it's 189,000. We think it's 700,000. Let's work together. You know what they told us, Rex? They told me to lawyer up. What? So that's exactly, they, they told me to lawyer up. A private citizen of Louisiana is having to fight our own government in order to clean up our registration rolls. How sad is that? So we're in court. 
uh, right now against the uh, Secretary of State's office and the Registrar of Voters to clean up the registration rules in all parishes uh, before October election. That's how we're going to have a safe and secure election. And I can tell you that we've been to court once already because our, our State Department tried to dismiss the case. And you know what the judge said? He said, we're not dismissing this case. My own daughter moved to California 20 years ago, and my daughter's still on the voter rolls. So, hey, Citizens for Election Integrity, get a statewide candidate. That way you have standing, and y'all, we're going to keep this case going. So we reached out to all Secretary of State candidates and all Attorney General candidates that are running for office and say, hey, we all want safe and secure elections. We want clean registration rolls. Join our lawsuit. And there was only one campaign that joined that lawsuit. It's the Brandon Crossclare campaign. So that's where we're at today, trying to clean up the voter roll for the October election. That That is, I, I don't doubt you at all, but that is just insane to me because that is absolutely where, you know, you and I may differ a little bit on the implementation of what we think the future should be, but cleaning up the voter roll sure. should be a new, it should be a no brainer and it shouldn't be that difficult sure. to do. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. It should be a no-brainer, and it's not that difficult to do. If you read uh, uh, paragraph 192 in Title 18, it explicitly says that it's the responsibility of the Secretary of State and registration rolls, and that they shall keep the registration rolls clean. But guess what? That's what you get when you don't do your responsibility and you outsource our vote and you outsource our registration to a third-party vendor. That's the results that you get. And that's what we're dealing with today, and we're having to fight them to clean up our elections. You know, I'll, vote, I'll Brandon, vote for you just on that one issue of cleaning up the voter rolls. Yeah, well, and, and that brings me to this point. You know, Brandon, I've, I've heard and listened to all of the candidates in the Secretary of State's race. I mean, look, I've been committed to you, support you a, a long time ago. I mean, and, and I, I told Mike Francis that not less than a week ago. But you're the only candidate that, that I've heard who has said that we have a problem, that you've articulated that we have a problem with our voter rolls. You've articulated a case that the machines, you know, can be, you know, defrauded, if that's the correct term to use. You're the only one. All the other candidates say, hey, it's all good. We just got to buy new machines, you know, and those new machines will give us this, you know, auditable paper trail. Is that right? I mean, is, is, is that going to solve the problems in Louisiana? Are they right? No, it's a, it's a farce. Uh, it's a farce with what it is, Duke. And the fact of the matter is, since, since we've uh, been on this show last time, the Georgia Supreme Court, under a court seal, they finally released a report called the Halderman Report. This is huge when it comes to election integrity. But my opponents... They say everything's all right. They don't even know what the Halderman report is because they think based off of a call-in survey from the Heritage Foundation that we don't have a problem here in Louisiana. But what the Halderman report states is, is that the very machine that we early vote on, Duke, the the early vote, 42% of the people of Louisiana early vote. And when we early vote, we vote on brand new machines by Dominion. And guess what that Halderman report says? that it can be hacked and manipulated in at least 15 different ways. And our clerks, our registrars, and our secretary of state 
wouldn't even know that anything happened. It's the very machine that they used in Georgia that we use here for uh, for early voting over here in Louisiana, and it can be hacked in 15 different ways. In addition to that, I read from the New uh, Washington Times yesterday that that uh, there was a story came out with the, the the massive growth of artificial intelligence that our voting systems are going to be 100 times more vulnerable in just five years, and that our elected officials need to do something about it. But our elected I, officials aren't doing anything about it. I, I want to ask you a follow-up question, Rex. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Have our registrar of voters and our clerk of courts, do they all know this? Have they all been informed that these machines are all able to be hacked 15 different ways? Like you said, have they received those reports? Do they have they are they informed on that or, or are they just ignoring it? Uh, I think for the most part at this point in the campaign, we've been saying this stuff for 10 months, uh, Duke. And at this point in time, they, they don't even I've talked to a lot of them early on. I've told them all this information. I pretty much don't get a warm welcome at all anymore, especially when you're having to sue the registrar of voters. They obviously uh, uh, don't want to talk to me about it. Uh, but you would think that as it's their their job as the clerks uh, and, and as the registrar of voters, that they would be constantly reading and updating themselves on elections, on election to voting machines, so forth and so forth. But when you ask a lot of these, again, at least my opponents, they've never even heard of the Haldeman report. And then one more thing while I got you, I do want to make sure it's clear for, for your listeners, the problems and the issues that I've been talking about for 10 months and that I'm talking about tonight has nothing to do with our clerks and our registrars. This is all with the terrible policies from our state department. We are in a top-down state where the state department makes all the rules and the regulations and the clerks and the registrars have to carry it out. Uh, so my problem is not with our clerks and registrars. I think many of them are good people. But they should certainly know about these things. And when I've talked to, you know, I make the claim that registrar voters don't do registration. And I've talked to a lot of them across the state. And they'll openly tell me, oh, you're 100% right. All the training that we get, we do early voting. We do early voting. That's that's their role and their responsibility. And the people, the, you know, the people need to, they need to know about this. Yeah, that's crazy. So I've got a long comment here from Holly Cole. I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but she asked, how do you feel about early voters registration? Her daughter was strongly encouraged to sign up for that when she got her driver's license. So immediately on her 18th birthday, she would be registered. I told them absolutely not. I didn't trust that. And of course, ONV wouldn't tell me where that information would be housed. My first thought was that all these kids being accidentally sent ballots. So any thoughts on early voting registration? Yeah, so so uh, early voting registration. So I'm, I'm personally, I'm against early voting, and I'll tell you why. And a lot of these kids, uh, when they sign up at the DMV is where a lot of them, did you know, I'm sure you all know, that a month ago, three weeks ago, the Office of Motor Vehicles database was hacked, and you had over a million people in Louisiana that all their information was given out through this hack. Well, the Office of Motor Vehicles has a direct portal in our registration process. So that's a perfect example why you can't trust this. Another thing that, that we believe strongly in, and we have a lot of evidence in regards to this, is you know, people want to say our machines are connected to the Internet. We can argue, disagree, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all about that proprietary software. So when you have nearly half the state early voting, 
they already know what they need to have the software written for for early for, for same day voting in order to swing election a certain way. So I always encourage people to vote on election day itself. And if you can't, I'd rather you early vote than not vote at all. I'm always going to encourage people to vote uh, than not do your civic duty. But I would certainly uh, advocate as well as President Trump advocates for uh, for same day on a vote on election day. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you that. And I think you and I both agree uh, on open source is the way to go for the software, that the closed source and proprietary method is not the best way to go for this. So, Rex, I, I, I agree with you, Rex. I wouldn't be running for Secretary of State today if the machines that we had were owned and operated by the state of Louisiana and if it was open source software where that software strictly just counted one plus one plus one and every elected official can go and look at that software, every every citizen of Louisiana can go look at that software. And if, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here today. We have this software that nobody has to do. That's just that's just not right. Not right at all. We deserve better. Yeah, totally agree with that. Hey, we won't we won't keep you forever, but uh, one more question. So some of the things that I hear and I'm talking about some people, they say, man, you know, well, if we if we do hand marked paper ballots and we're not counting them by machines, you know, it's going to take forever to get the results. I mean, y'all, I think y'all, your campaign has proved that there is a a way to count hand-marked paper ballots and if you could the 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 real short elevator speech on on how that can be accomplished where people know that it is possible i mean that it can be done and you can know the results within 24 hours no not only within 24 hours i'm committed to giving them within minutes of the polls closing and they are already doing this in parts of texas parts of Missouri, uh, Florida. They announced on the news today that seriously Arkansas just voted to hand mark, secure hand marked and hand counted paper ballots in Arkansas. This is a movement that's growing like wildfire across the country. And if you go on our, our any of our social media, the Brandon Trostclair campaign or let's go brandon.net, we have a video, but you know, the average precinct here in Louisiana has less than 450 votes that come through on election day. And that's with the highest turnout that we've ever had at 52%. It would take us less than two and a half hours to count an entire precinct from start to finish. But what we're advocating for is to have four sequestered folks, a Republican and a Democrat counting, a Republican and Democrat tallying, and we will have you a certified election. They'll start counting in the afternoon and give you a certified election within minutes of the polls closing. And then within 24 hours of that, we're going to have every single uh, ballot um, uh, have an image scanned and on the Secretary of website, Secretary of State's website for the people to be able to audit. They can count their own precinct, the parish, or the whole state. But go to my page, go to the website, and we show you as clear as day how simple it is. My opposition is going to tell you it's going to take days and weeks, and that's a lie, and they know that that's a lie. They're doing this all around the country. And we've perfected that. We think we've perfected that hand count deal. And we're going to give you a certified election, hand marked by the people, hand counted by the people, and certified by the people of Louisiana. And in return, restores the power to the people of Louisiana right where it should be. Well, one last question. How, 
if you're elected Secretary of State, how long do you think, what is your timeline for getting this implemented? You know, we think we can do it as soon as in 90 days or less. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it's strictly all it is is paper. It's paper and it's training. Uh, the, the Probably the, the issue that we're concerned about isn't the people of Louisiana. It, it's, it's dealing with elected officials uh, and having buy-in from the clerks and so forth down. But it, the, the training process will be imperative, but it's so simple and so easy. We're doing hand count tours all across the state. We have people... Uh, downloading the uh, the ballot and the tally sheets off of our website. They're doing hand count tours in their living rooms, and it literally just takes a few minutes of training uh, in order to get this right. It's very, very, very simple. So uh, we think 90 days or less that we'll be able to have this implemented across the state of Louisiana. And I think you addressed this in our last show, but Weston Marriott, uh, one of our uh, watchers, says, would these scanned ballots have identifiable information on the voter? Yeah, absolutely not. So according to the law, every ballot has to be completely anonymous. And so it will. When you go walk in and sign in, you're going to get your uh, show your ID. We're going to give you a ballot. And then when you uh, go in after you, you mark your ballot, your votes, it's going to go into a locked box before it's brought back to the, uh, the sequester team to count. There will be no absolutely no way for anybody to know that that's your ballot. Um, what we've been told from people in Texas and Missouri is that a lot of people, they'll put a certain little squiggly or a star in a certain place. That way, when they go and audit their precinct, they see, yep, I made that mark on the bottom left corner. I know that that's my ballot, and it absolutely matches my, my the way that I voted. It's real. So that's what we're seeing. But they will have no, um, no barcode, no number, unique number, nothing like that uh, to be able to give the ID of the voter uh, away. All right, good deal. Mr. Lauer, you got any more questions? I don't, Brandon. Uh, keep up the fight, and uh, we will uh, we will be watching your race, uh, you know, closely. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, willing to come on y'all's show anytime. If y'all have any questions, uh, call me, text me, email me, and uh, have your listeners. They can always go to letsgobrandon.net. Uh, they can follow the campaign with Busting Our Tail. Uh, we got 60 days left till election day, and uh, I owe it to the people of Louisiana to earn their vote. And so we're busting our tail out there every single day campaigning, and uh, we sure could use y'all uh, y'all support and y'all vote and y'all prayers. Uh, you, you got some pretty good support right here. We'll make sure and post your uh, link to your website and your uh, share out your social media pages and all that. And anytime if you you know if you want to come back on and and you know break some news or something like that, just let us know. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, Brandon. Be safe. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, Rex, I like we don't. I, I oh, hold on. Let me cancel that. Uh, we don't see one hundred percent eye to eye, but about ninety nine percent. Yeah, I mean, look. The only, the only thing I might would take issue, he said 90 days to get it implemented. I, I think if he didn't have anybody standing in his way, he could get it done in 90 days. But And he may have been meaning it would only take 90 days of the legislative session because I, I'm pretty sure the legislature is going to have to approve it. But, you know, I, I see a lot of legislators would stand in the way. I think they'll fight it. Because what's going to happen? I think you're right. 
ES and S and Dominion's going to start, but then they would have to sprinkle more money across all of the legislature rather than just a few people. Yeah, well, yeah, I I think you're right. The, he's going to encounter some resistance for sure from Baton Rouge. Um, how he's able to navigate through that resistance, that'll tell the tale right there. But he, he knows his stuff, and he can rattle it off the top of his head. Um, he's fi literally fighting the fight, and so, hey, I, I wish him well in the election. Yeah, so... What are we doing? We going on to this Bozier City thing or what? <laughs> Look, I'm, if I'm we don't, we're gonna probably have some people not watch us ever again. I'm operating, how, I, I'm operating a sweatshop over here. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, how much sweat is you got? Lights on you, no air conditioning. Your, you know, button-up shirt or whatever you got on there. Hat on. I mean, how much heat are you taking there? Look, if my dog was over here, he would be licking me up. And he would be uh, have a little bit of a high salt content right about now. But anyway. Well, so, uh, so in all seriousness, are you good to go for another 20 or 30 minutes? And we'll try not to drag on the city council meeting too much. Well, I, I don't think we're going to not be able to because th this is going to be kind of technical. And we need to explain to people exactly what this is about. So, yeah, no, I got I'm going to make all the time in the world I'll. I'm on it. Let's do it. All right. So let me switch screens here and I'll just get straight into um, the meeting itself. All right. So. So what? So we said a couple of shows ago we were going to do this before we mm -hmm. broach subjects. We were going to give a little bit of background. Right. So that background is, is that a group of citizens got together and they, they created a petition, a petition which the city charter of Bossier City says if the people of Bossier City want an amendment to the charter, they can petition to have an amendment made to the charter. You know, there, there's a couple of ways that that can happen, you know, that the, the city government can do it or the people can do it. Well, it's never been done in Bossier City before, ever, but the people got together and you and I, we were, we were a part of this effort, you know, the Bossier Term Limits Coalition. And, you know, we collected, what was it, 33, over 33% of the electorate that voted in the last mayoral election, you know, on what they wanted amended in the charter. We did that. Right. And... and, and let me clarify for everybody, uh, and so a lot of people watching have heard this before, but it takes a lot of work. It wasn't like you just printed some petitions and people ran into the offices and businesses and signed them. You literally, and it was you and the colonel and some others, I, I did one evening, but you guys did a lot. Uh, our good friend Ryan Haygood uh, helped out. Uh, I think Barry Butler may have or whatever. But anyway, literally going door to door like campaigning to get people to sign this. So it's a lot of legwork and a lot of footwork. So I want to make sure that that's clear to everybody. Yeah, it was. And so it was, you know, it, it wasn't just put together willy nilly. In fact, in the, the outset, it was understood that your elected officials, uh, the majority of them, 
were going to oppose it. They were going to fight it because I'm just going to say it because they're self-centered. Their why is not about the people that they serve, but it's about their self-interest. Because if it wasn't about their self-interest, they would acknowledge what it is that the people want and they would take the action and exercise what ability they have to make the will of the people, you know, happen. But yeah, we, we didn't, ex we didn't expect this to be any cakewalk and look, they've been entrenched in power for two decades. You can't expect to change it in the span of two months, essentially. Ho right. Hopefully you can, but there's going to be some resistance. It's like pulling leeches off of, you know, some off your leg or off your foot. It, those little suckers are hard to get off of there, especially when they've been there for a while. Yeah, so the petition was submitted to the Bossier City Council, and, of course, they started fighting, you know, to stop it. And collectively, the uh, city attorney ended up aligning with the, you know, you could argue with the uh, side of the council that opposes term limits. Um, he's not aligned with the mayor who appointed him because the mayor is solidly uh, behind term limits. And uh, they've been fighting it every, every inch of the way. In fact, they... Uh, have come up with a bunch of different harebrained ideas about how to delay it and different tactics. And one of those was to seek an outside opinion, you know, from a attorney that's not connected to Bossier City in any way, Jacob's words, not, not our words. And then when he, you know, it's discovered that she is, he gets all defensive, takes a shot at Weston Marriott, who points it out at the uh, city council meeting, him and the Queen David, um, you know, basically saying the dynamic it's a lie. duo, <laughs> the <laughs> dynamic duo saying it's a lie. Yeah. So, you know, how dare somebody from the public step up and speak and or ask questions or go against the narrative of the gob network or the good old boys per se, how dare somebody go against them? They know what's best and how dare you even question them? So, I don't know. I'm sure that I missed a few things along the way. Um, you did a pretty good summary of it there. So let's dive, and y'all can go back. You know, most folks realize that I posted them all, some some little short videos, uh, you know, that I mashed together from the previous meetings. Uh, Weston's got uh, a couple of videos on his Sobo Live page, you know, that kind of highlight, you know, some of the shenanigans that have gone on in uh, the last couple of meetings. But I got to say, there was some real discussion today and a little bit of fireworks, too. Yeah, so, all right. How do we all get right. this kicked off here? So, I want to see it. Let me, I didn't tag in the video Phyllis's initial deal. So, let me see if I can find it in the video real quick. Give me just a second here. Mr. Williams. Here. Mr. Free. Here. All right, Mr. I Maggio. think it's here. after. All present. Council in accordance with Louisiana. Okay, here we go. So I, I managed to get it just about right. So let's lead off with this. This is Phyllis. Now, we've heard her say this ad nauseum. Literally, she does a great job of doing it every meeting. 
But there was a little bit of change in what is expected of people who are attending the meeting today. Did you know that, Mr. Lowry? You better believe I noticed it, and uh, I know why they did it, and I'm not going to say that I agree with it. I mean, they, you know, they have the, uh, they have the right to conduct the meetings, and it should be things should be orderly. But it's almost as if they were saying that they were going to label certain speech with certain. Not- not certain allowable. adjectives that they uh, don't that if they don't agree with it they're going to label it something so that they can cut you out or silence well, speech it was like they were preemptively intimidating people or trying to anyway and, and we'll see some of that i think i've got uh wes's comments tagged too but all right so here we go let's let's let phyllis speak the meetings law and the adopted Bossier City Council meeting rules resolution. The City Council asked for order and decorum at our meetings. Please silence your cell phones. Anyone wishing to address the council on any agenda item may approach and state their names and address for the record and shall be permitted three minutes to make their comments Listen closely. on the particular item that's up for discussion with up to four speakers per side. Any person making personal, impertinent, or slanderous remarks or who shall become boisterous while addressing the council shall boisterous. be with by the President Pro Tem. Barred from further audience before the council unless permission to continue be granted by a majority vote of the council. All remarks shall be addressed to the council as a body and not to any member thereof. No question shall be asked a council person or the mayor except through the meeting chair. All other audience members are asked to observe the meeting quietly. City Council has appointed the city marshals as the sergeant at arms and they have been instructed to maintain decorum and ask anyone in violation to step out of the meeting. In well, how you like that, Mr. Lowry? Sit down and don't be boisterous. Well, slanderous or boisterous, and she said, "What did she say? You ask. You can't ask a question, or because it because the president free contradicts what she said later on in the meeting." Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. And and they had to issue a reminder and literally have Phyllis read it again later in the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, uh, Dave, David. Hold on, David Johnson. He's got a spot in here. He said that he was mad. He could not even talk. <laughs> yeah. So, look, they're talking about Weston Marriott at the right. previous meeting when Weston got up there and said, you know, that the Jacobs through either I I don't I can't remember if he said either. Did he say ignorance? Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe that was. I can't. That's close enough. But he said either either through ignorance or, you know, intentionally misleading the council didn't tell the rest of the council body about the prior relationship of Katie Bell with Bossier City and with Councilman Montgomery. Well, that's a true statement because neither Jacobs nor Montgomery disclosed to all the other council meeting that Miss Bell had previously had a, a affiliation with the city. They, they didn't disclose that. And yeah. so to say that, you know, you intentionally, you were either ignorant of the fact or you intentionally misled is a true statement incompetence or deception it's that's a true statement and it's a factual statement because they didn't disclose 
two council meetings ago that there was a prior relationship. They didn't do it. Neither him nor Montgomery. Neither one of them did it. And I think what really got their goat was when they were trying to goad Wes into losing his cool and getting a tit for tat with him, and Wes didn't. To his credit, he kept his cool the entire time. Well, so basically, this new, you know, uh, definition of of speech or speaking on issues to the public, if they label it as boisterous or whatever they label it, it's whatever they don't want to hear. It's their choice to label it with those adjectives to prevent the public from commenting. So in in Weston's case, by speaking something that was factual, that to them is speech that's not able to be made in public. The same as up to this point, the opinion of Katie Bell has been denied to us and to the public. It's been denied, they said, quote unquote, attorney-client privilege. Now, to deny, you, you requested an opinion from an outside attorney on the validity of the petition to help guide the council on a vote of how to move forward on this petition only to then deny the public access to it so that the public couldn't come to the meeting and articulate a counter or an alternative opinion to her her opinion or allow the public to even read the opinion to read the parts that you know say that the say that the petition is good or not you have to take charles jacobs the city attorney's word for it that it says what he says it says well that's true and speaking so, of that go ahead let's uh let's let jacobs speak because he was pretty much first up on the board here we go all right now i'm just gonna play this you know you know the drill uh, of course tell me to stop if you want to add some color commentary here we go um, Mr. Jacobs, you want to speak at this point? It's my understanding, uh, President Free, that the council wishes now to um, give an announcement concerning my opinion and the outside independent opinion on the issue of term limits that we've received from Katie Bell. I've discussed this with various members of the council. And um, I can summarize it in the fact um, on August, uh, I guess Friday, August 11th, 2023, I did send a letter to the council uh, advising my advice to the council as to how to proceed. Um, My opinion and Ms. Bell's do not differ greatly. There are a few issues, I think, um, that we, um, that we, that don't coincide, but we're up. Um, Ms. Bell and I are pretty much on the same page of this. There is the two problems now, listen, that um, are presented. Right, let me stop gotta, right there. Um, you, all of this, you have to take his opinion for it. Right. Because nobody, nobody from the public has had access to it except for the councilman, and they gagged all the councilmen to talk, that they can't talk about it. 
So the public, you just have to take it at face value that Charles Jacobs is telling you the truth because you don't know. Right. Oh, well, but now, you know, they're going to release it finally after the fact. Oh, yeah. And and remember, well, hold on a second. So he was claiming attorney-client privilege. Well, what changed? I mean, he still mentions potential litigation in here. So what changed in the attorney-client privilege, Jacobs? Why are you releasing it now? You can't have your cake and eat it too, Chuck. All right. Go ahead. Anyway. With this effort uh, to force an amendment to the charter or to invoke an amendment to the charter by use of referendum, there is a petition process um, that is outlined in Chapter 21 of the charter uh, that would allows the city council uh, to um, receive properly receive a referendum or not a referendum but a petition that's properly certified by the registrar of voters with the oh, requisite oh, no. number of stop. signatures right. as required. Right. Gotta stop right there. Stop! I can't take it no more. I cannot. It's freaking about to. All right. <clears throat> you want to share my screen? Yeah. Let's see if I can do that right quick. How about that? Okay. Chapter 21 of the Charter. <clears throat> you know, amendments to the Charter may be proposed as follows. See right there, Section B, that he's talking about. By petition of electors of the city, as outlined in Section 501, signed, examined, amended, and certified. So, certified... Who does it say certified there, Rex? It says certified, and it looks like that's a little bitty period behind it. It does. Amended. What? What is amended? Who? Who? What does that mean? Who amends? All right. Why would the petition actually be amended? Examined. Does it, who? Ex, who examines? Right. The the council. And sign who who signs, right? Well, so so the signing I'm going to guess I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm going to guess the signing is the citizens signing the petition, right? Right. The examined I'm assuming the the citizens are examining the amended. I I'm guessing I don't know who that would be. <laughs> would that be the city government <laughs> doing the amending? Yeah, amending it down to the unrequired number. I don't know. But yeah, why would you need to amend the petition at all? The, the petition's either there or not. But but more importantly, the certified part, who, who does it say is the, who does the certifying? Right. Oh, uh, now, hold on a second. So Colonel Crockett says the registrar. Show me where it says that, Colonel. Yep. Show, show me where it actually says it in the city charter. Who's supposed to certify well, what and why? Well, well, maybe it's up there in 501 where... Let's run up there real quick if I can find it easily. Five zero one. 
any proposed ordinance may be submitted to the city council by petition signed by electors equal in number to 33% of the votes cast for all candidates for mayor at the last preceding contested general election, which the petition did. It did exactly that. Where the petition contains a request that the ordinance be submitted to a vote of the people, it did. If not passed without veto by the city council, the city council shall either pass without veto the ordinance without alteration within 30 days after attachment of the certificate of registrar of voters to the petition. There you go. Yeah. I mean, seems pretty straightforward. Okay. I'm looking right. like a deer in the headlights right here because there it is right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and look, well, maybe we'll, we'll come back to section uh, 5.02 here in a few minutes. How about that? So don't let me forget to come back to section 502 when I get a, on my soapbox here in a little bit. Uh, our good friend Wes Marriott says, I have it on good authority that Katie Bell opined that the petition is fine if amended by the city council for proper format. Jacobs left that out. Hmm. Well, we haven't I, actually seen that yet, so we'll have to see how it yeah, turns but, out. But you won't you won't know that until. But you know, he said, "Play Jacobs' words again." You know, he said, uh, "Certified by the Registrar of Voters," which he's correct there, and but he's, well, all, but he's also quoting statute. Yeah, so let me let me yeah. Let's just keep on playing it. So by section 5.01 of the charter. Um, the problem, um, the, the first major problem, and I think there, there are two major problems. The first major problem is the petition which has been presented to the city council, um, which was in fact certified by the register of voters, um, is... Important point there was in fact, as we all know, certified by the Bossier Parish Registrar of Voters. Okay. In my opinion, improperly certified. Miss Bell's opinion is improperly certified. Um, in the fact that it does not contain the year of birth of the signatories. Um, uh, Louisiana Revised Statute 18-3 basically says, notwithstanding any other provision of the law, uh, to the contrary, every petition submitted to a registrar of voters for certification shall contain the following information. And if you go to subparagraph three, it says the signer's ward, precinct, and year of birth. After it All right, so let's stop right there for a second. So let me, let me switch screens here. Uh, let's see, not that one. Let me put this one up. Okay, here we go. Alright, so this is the one that he's referring to right here, and you can go look this up online. Uh, Maybe a little hard to see. Let me see if I can blow it up a little bit. But what he's talking about is right here the signer's ward, precinct, and year of birth. So he is correct that. Revised Statute 18, colon 3 does say that, and it does say shall. 
which now, means something in legal terminology. But he didn't say year of birth. He said date of birth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, words mean every, mean something in legal terms unless you're Charles Jacobs. Then that doesn't really mean anything. But anyway. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Show me in the charter where it says all of these requirements that are in state statute for a petition. Yeah, it. Uh, uh, let me bring, let me see if I can find that uh, city charter. Yeah, here we go. Um, let's see, did I bring it up? The right one? Yeah. Um, petition of electors. I mean, it doesn't even say that it has to be a valid petition because this isn't, this is, let me see if I can say this the right way. This is something that the city council itself is going to put up on the ballot. All right. The actual petition, we're not petitioning the state to get something on the ballot. We're petition, petitioning the city council, all right, to enact an ordinance or go to charter commission or put an ordinance forward that would get this on the ballot. Does that make sense? Am I a Facebook lawyer legalese? Yeah, so, but it, but again, you know, so I'm curious, this statute, when was it wrote? When was it uh, amended? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think I had that in the whole deal, but pre-1979. It was before 1979? Well, it's been amended since then multiple times. Now, let me pull it back up real quick. Um, oh, good sorry. grief. Look at there. Now we got Mark Smith. He's finally ginning in. So I've been waiting on this one. So, Mark, please tell me what it is that the people of Bossier City wanted in this petition. Yeah. What and, is it that they want? I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so... To extrapolate from your comment, Mark Smith, that means that you are an attorney, which narrows our focus down much, much closer. And I think I was actually correct, Mr. Lowry. I think we're not going to say but, we're not going to say right now, but anyway. Uh, anyway, it, it doesn't matter. But but Mark, how could how could Vince Maggio, how could uh, David Montgomery, how could Bubba Williams, how could Darby, how could Jeffrey, how can they all be confused about what the will of the people of Bossier City is or what they want? They've got signatures. The Registrar of Voters was able to identify all of those signatures and who they were and that they were qualified electors of Bossier, but all of you guys are ignorant to what the will of the citizens of Bossier are because they didn't put a year of birth on there. That's what you're all telling me. You're all deaf, dumb, and ignorant. You you don't understand. You can't figure it out. It it doesn't read clear enough to you. And there's nothing you can do. Is well, is that what where we're at? Maybe these dumbasses are playing checkers and we're playing chess. Because here's the thing, folks. The petition is obviously real. The will of the people is obviously very real. But in the end, what this has done is 
forced them now for what, three or four meetings? I don't know, to have to talk about this and give us all these beautiful sound bites. Wes has been able to get up on his soapbox right in front of him, which has given us even more sound bites and has really revealed what we've been saying all along about these guys. We didn't have to say it. They're literally saying it for us. So I just want to throw that out there. So, so Mark, if you're saying that, well, David Baum is, don't waste our time. Mark yeah. Smith. Yeah, I agree. We've, we'd have, I, well, anyway, so let's move on through the comments here. Let's, let's let Jacobs keep pulling out the noose. Examining the petition, the year of birth is not present for any of the signatories who affixed their signature to this petition. Therefore, the, the language in 18.3 um, appears to be mandatory. Um, so my first advice to the city is we've gotten my opinion, we've gotten Ms. Bell's opinion, um, um, and I think it needs you know, to be presented to the Attorney General in an expedited fashion. Um, if the city council so chooses to get the, the last and final opinion of the attorney general. If in fact the attorney general agrees with me and Ms. Bell, then this petition is dead on arrival. And there is nothing, there is no action that the city council can take because it was not in proper form. The oh, second question, minute. should right. the petition survive? Proper form. You, you gotta stop. So. It's the petition is dead. The, the will that all these people wanted, David Montgomery can't understand it because your, your year of birth was not recorded on it according to the statute where the city charter doesn't say that it has to follow statute. City charter, 1979, and I'm pretty sure uh, this statute was 1984. 79 and 80. 79, 19, the charter says 1979. So as citizens of Bossier, if you follow the city charter, well, that, that Jacobs is saying it's not in compliance with statute. Well, he's the city attorney. Didn't this moron go back through the city charter and read it himself to make sure it's up to date and complies with state law or doesn't, you know, conflict with state law? Well, the bigger question is, is if if the guidance and direction of the city charter is not in compliance with state law, I'm just wondering if the whole charter of Bossier City is invalid because it's not in compliance with state law. Wait, you're kidding me, Duke. I, I'm not. Look, Mark put me in. Mark Smith put me in my place. I am no lawyer and he's right. I'm oh, not. Man. But I'm just saying there sure is a lot of errors in this city charter if if you have to mandatorily be in compliance with statute not what's in the city charter but statute i'm just saying there sure could be a lot of things within the city charter that makes the whole damn thing invalid mm, imagine that hmm. maybe i mean we just maybe we need to start going through every page of the city charter are are we are we opening up Pandora's box here? I mm -hmm. I think I think maybe that we are. I think maybe we didn't have to. He did it for us. 
Anyway, never so keep th- going. I never thought I'd say this, but thanks, Chuck. All right, here we go. Uh, here, let me hit play. The um, election code uh, requirements is the the language that was presented to the signatories in the petition was not required um, in the required form of an ordinance um, in order what, to amend up. the charge. Stop. It was not in the required form of an ordinance. Well, you know, the Secretary of State's office has direction on what the language has to be to be able to submit things or put things on a ballot, and they have to be in the form of a question. Ha- has to be wrote that way. But yet, in the city charter, it's got terminology that directs it to be wrote in a different way other than what the Secretary of State's office says it has to be. So, which is it? Are we following, or do we have to follow the charter direction or, or not? Because you can't have it both ways, Charles Jacobs. All right. You're exactly correct. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Here we go. Charter pursuant to Section 21 through the petition prof- process and referendum, the language presented to the voters has to be presented in the form of an ordinance. Um, I feel that the, the language prepared was lacking. Ms. Bell feels that. But we don't even reach that issue until such a time as we can solve the, the very first issue, 18 colon 3. You have two ways to amend the charter. You have the, refer- the petition and referendum, and then you have this, uh, the, the city council action if the city council so desires. If the city council were to prepare their own ordinance, then that would have to be subject to the Charter Commission um, process that's outlined in Chapter 1. The referendum or the petition process is not subject to the Charter Commission, but the problem becomes that if it survives the election code language, then 5.01 specifically says the language has to be presented to the voters without alteration. And so therefore, I don't think, and I, I, I advise the council that the language cannot be altered. But before we even get to that, the most pressing question that needs to be answered, and, needs, and, and again, I've given my opinion, Ms. Bell's given her opinion, is this election code problem. Because if the petition does not survive the election code problem, then it's a nullity. And a week from now, a year from now, 12 years from now, somebody you know after serving three terms can challenge you know the term limit provision the proposed term limit provision if in fact it reached the city council through an improper process so my advice today in speaking of this in miss bell's opinion and it is uh in uh would be to um ask the uh, city council um, if they're so inclined to uh, pass a resolution asking for the Attorney General's opinion in an expedited form as quickly as possible. And we've been in contact with the Attorney General's office, not on the specific opinion, but on the expedited process. Um, uh, present that to the Attorney General, request an expedited opinion, get an answer to that question, and then decide how the council wishes to move forward. 
And I'd like to point out that Wes pointed out earlier that that wasn't even on the agenda, his little soliloquy right there. No, it was not. But here, here's the thing. What amazes me is that all of the councilmen, they don't know what it is that the public wants or what they petition for. They, they can't understand it because there's no date of birth. They don't, they don't get it. I, I'm, That's I a good wrap, point. I can't wrap my head around how even Mark Smith, Mark Smith just articulated what it is that the citizens petitioned for, what they were trying to accomplish and what they wanted and what they got, what they all signed that they wanted to happen. 3,000, over 3,000 people signed the thing knowing what they wanted and what they wanted expressed to all these jack wagons up there. Even Mark Smith understood it. And I'm certain that Mark Smith didn't sign it. But, but somehow or another, they're all deaf, dumb, and ignorant because it doesn't have a date of birth on it. I, 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 well, and there's, and there's nothing they can do. Yeah, but here, let me see. Um, hmm. Let me see if I can find that comment. Basically, yeah, here it is. David Johnson. So David Johnson says, the bottom line is five of them don't care what we the people want. It just boils down to that. They don't want to be kicked out. That's what it boils down to. It It's about what they want. Listen close, Mark Smith. It's about what they want, not what the people that they say they serve want. Right? Exactly. And it's Mr. Haygood, you're correct. He also referred to Miss Bell's opinion in multiple meetings before this and still claimed attorney-client privilege or work privilege or whatever. So, anyway, there's that. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, so let's keep going. Let me jump ahead here. Uh, 1236, there's a motion to approve. Hold on. Uh, council, I intend a motion to approve the minutes of August 1st, 2023, regular council meeting and dispense with the reading. So Sim Second. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think we need to hear that. So I'm going to jump to 1306. Request Here we go. for an addition be new business number 16, adopt a resolution authorizing the Bossier City Council to request an opinion from the Louisiana Attorney General regarding the validity of the petition delivered on July 10th, 2023 by the Bossier Term Limits Coalition, first and final reading. And this item is, is requested to be added on following receipt of attorney recommendations and time sensitivity. So moved. All right, so here they're just making a motion to get it added to the agenda, to be clear. For the attorney general's uh. Yeah. So <clears throat> Mark Smith says, no, it's actually just a pissing match between them and your group. The electorate is just caught in the middle. The electorate the, are literally the ones that signed the damn petition. Yeah. <laughs> so we went out and campaigned for, got over 3,000 people to get in the middle of a pissing contest. You're, you're right. It is a group. It's a very large group, by the way, and could be even larger if we just wanted to go walk more neighborhoods. Anyway, And, and it continues to grow with every meeting and every, you know, bit of opposition that's thrown up here, delay tactic. 
and expressed ignorance that they show every time. Share my screen, uh, Rex, because I want to. I want to show something. Let's see. Share Duke screen. All right, your screen oh, should be wrong. Up. Wrong screen. Uh, I got. Let me go out. Okay. Well, let Change know, it. Or, yeah. Let me know when you get ready. Hold on a second. There we go. Okay. Uh, our good friend Jeff Sadow has an interesting comment. He says the ace in the hole for the petitioners is the charter says if it receives a certified petition and doesn't do what the petition wants, it must call an election within 90 days. If it doesn't, it is a violation. It is in violation of the charter and subject to litigation. The council has such a petition before it. Petit petitioners should use this leverage. So now my screen's ready. Okay, let me switch back. And look, we appreciate there's still 75, well, if we include all the platforms, probably 80, 90, nearly 90 people watching. We're at two hours and 15 minutes and going to continue for a while. So we appreciate everybody watching. And we appreciate you, Mr. Lowry, with no air conditioning. Yeah, well, we're we're bearing through it. I can't center that, but... Uh, uh, let me see if I can fix it. So, Title 18... Since we're going to talk about statutes, uh, 1299-1, question or proposition to be voted on. A, the preparation of a question or proposition to be submitted to the voters at an election shall be the responsibility of the governing authority or other entity calling the election or submitting the question or proposition. The proposition shall be comprised of simple, unbiased, concise, and easily understood language and be in the form of a question. The proposition shall not exceed 200 words in length and shall not include words that are struck through underscored or boldface. The Secretary of State shall be responsible for ensuring that the proposition complies with the requirements of this section. So, Riddle me this, Attorney Mark Smith. If the Term Limits Coalition was advised by the Secretary of State's office on form and manner, and so was the Registrar of Voters, I, I don't know. Uh, where does that leave us? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. And and if <clears throat> if what we're saying is is that that the you know citizens the term limits coalition is responsible entirely for uh the the how the question of the proposition and the submission to the governing authority is to be which would which would be the secretary of state's office i'm i'm just i'm dying to know how how do we even need what do we need the city council for Exactly. And Wes says, Duke, this is what Katie Bell opined when she stated that the language could be corrected by the city to ensure compliance. C.J. Uh, Jacobs' point, second point was completely untrue. Hence, yeah, Jacobs is full of it. So, Baffle them with BS or dazzle them with brilliance. I'll so let if, you guys decide. If Wes Marriott is correct in what he's saying, I haven't read the opinion, I haven't seen it, but if if Wes is correct, again, it would seem that Charles Jacobs is using the color of law 
to try to defeat term limits in Bossier City. Yeah, and, and I would remind all of our viewers to remember this. Don't forget it. And I, I would contend that that's probably why he changed his opinion. Do we have it where he, he refused... Uh, I may have it somewhere handy where he refused our request for a copy of the opinion. Oh, you got that handy? Uh, well, I can get it real quick. Um, I'll need to change screens to do it. Uh, hang on. I can let me find it real quick because people want, I think people need to read and they need to see what Charles Jacobs said, the terminology and the words that he used. And well, you're, then, you're talking about refusing to send the opinion. Correct. Right. And then to me, uh, and then today, it was in the email. Yeah, let me let me switch screens right here for a second. Hold on, I can pull it up. I think uh, profiles. Do, 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 do. Just a second, bear with us just a minute, folks. I'm trying to find a deal. All right, Bell opinion. All right, hold on. Uh, Is that the end of the email? Yeah, I got it. It's an attachment to it, so hold on just a second. I'll have it up just momentarily. All right. Yeah, so David Johnson brings up a good point. When you collect all the signatures and, you, you know, you're validating right then and there when you collect their voter ID number on the petition, you do that, you get their voter ID number with their date of birth. That's how you have the voter ID number to write it down in the first place. Right. So right. in in essence, you collected it. So is this the response that you were looking for here? Says, that is uh, it. Says this is dated August 9th. Dear Rex and Duke, I am in receipt of your public records request dated August 7th, 2023. Hey. You know, he did it in two days. At least there's that. I am unable to provide a response as any records responsive to your request are exempt from disclosure pursuant to revised statute 44.4.1 as attorney work product and or the mental impressions, conclusions, opinions, or theories of an attorney. What changed, Jacobs? Well, maybe he read that response to us again and said, wait a minute, the, I am I am submitting theories here. I'm dealing in theories. You know what? A theory? <laughs> I don't know. I'm being coy. I'm, I'm, I'm hot. <clears throat> ah, what did ah, change? Yeah, what, what did change? I mean, you attorney-client privilege, and then all of a sudden, now uh, you're going to release it today. It's still, po according to you, Jacobs, it's still possible pending litigation and y'all are going to get sued, although you won't actually tell us and nobody seems to ask him who has threatened a lawsuit. But none of that has changed and now you release the letter. You can't have it, your cake and eat it too, Jacobs, you lying attorney. I don't know how he ever made it as judge. All right. Anyway. Probably the same way he ruled that it wasn't dual office holding out there for Robert Berry, right? Oh, yeah. Hmm. At the Cypress Imagine District. that. Same guy. Imagine that. All right. Let me see if I can get back to the screen there. Okay. Uh, I don't even know where we are. Let, let me hit play and let's see where we are. Second. 
First by Councilman Darby, second by Councilman Montgomery. Oh, yeah, Questions this is great. Y'all listen to Hammonds. Questions from this the council? Is, this is yeah, awesome. Mr. President, I do. Um, my mind is not um, playing tricks on me. I believe when we first started this whole ordeal, um, that was my motion, I believe, when we um, started all this, was to have an attorney general um, look at opinion on this from the um, very beginning um, before it was decided to go to an outside council. Um, where do we stand on that from, I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Crickets. Well, the resolution Ooh. before, if that, is that question addressed Ooh, to me? me? Uh, whoever wants to answer it. Yes, sir. Well, the, the, again, I gave my opinion, Ms. Bell's given her opinion, and the resolution before the council is to request an opinion, an expedited opinion on this matter and this matter only. Um, and again, I understand the mayor's in favor of term limits. You're in favor of term limits. Oh, this how he goes off it. Mr. Word salad, baffle him a bullshit, or dazzle him a brilliance. Again, he ain't answering the question. Well, he, he's pointing out what, what the prerogative of those individual people up there on the board are, totally disregarding the citizens, what the citizens want. Again... Yeah. Again, Mark Smith, what is it that the citizens said that they wanted here in this? What did they put on paper that they said they wanted? And explain to me how it is that these guys that are all against it, how they don't understand that. I mean, they don't they do represent the citizens that elected them, don't don't they? Or do they represent somebody or something else? Because if they can't understand what the people wanted, they, they don't get it. I mean, then what, oh, what are they doing? They, I, I realize you're trying to, you know, be a little coy with your words, but let's be clear. They get it. They just don't want it. The city councilmen don't want it. Some of them, most of them. So the bottom line is this is their will that that is what it is. It's their will. And, you know, <laughs> all right, Let, let's continue on because this gets pretty good because Hammonds isn't having any of that. So hold on a second. Mr. Smith has made known he's in favor of term limits. But if we do not act properly and solve this issue, then we're not going to get term limits. We we were going to get litigation. And that's what I think that would be my advice for the both the mayor and the council, we need to avoid. And so this is not an opinion on the entire um, scope of the term limits, but it is an opinion of as does the petition that has been presented to the council, was it properly certified due to the lack of year of birth information of the signatories? I got, I got one more. I, I, I agree with all of that. Um, I don't think the question comes into who is for term limits and who is against it. I guess the point that I'm trying to make, if three weeks ago my motion to send this to the Attorney General from the get-go, instead of wasting taxpayers' money on an outside attorney, then we would already have the Attorney General's opinion. 
And I mean, I, I don't know what this outside attorney cost. I still haven't seen a bill on it. Um, that, that's the point that I'm trying to make, that we should have gone to the attorney general. That is what he is here for in the state of Louisiana, is for stuff just like this for public entities. They have a whole department for that. So that, that is my point. I'm going to vote for this so we can go ahead and get it to the attorney general. Um, that, that's all I have to say on it. In other words, you wasted our money. Well, they, they wasted time, you know, and which was what they wanted. That's something that they wanted was to waste more time, more delay, you know, so that they can get more time in office. They know that inevitably they can't prevent term limits. They know that. But I mean, 20 to 30 years, Rex, that's not enough time for them. I mean, there's more insurance to write. There's more deals to be made. I mean, 20 to 30 years is not enough. It's not oh, enough it's, time. It's not, a, not enough. But fortunately, Queen David speaks up and, uh, well, you know, gives us a valid reason. Here we go. Mr. Right. Jacobs, if I could. Yes. Excuse me. Or Yes. I believe the, the question was what actually was faulting in the petition. And I think for clarity that we wanted outside counsel to specifically define what they perceived as the fault or faults and or faults in the petition. Notice one thing, though. He still had David Montgomery has never acknowledged that 3,000 people signed the thing. Now he and could he, care, he, could he care less about the 3,000 people. And notice he, he didn't say that they were making sure that it was a legal petition. They were looking for faults. That is an yep. important distinction in what he says right there. No doubt. Keep going. And to go to the attorney general to get an expedited opinion, you need very defined parameters. Am I correct? So that they can say yay or nay to the questions that you have as to fault in the petition. That's what I've gathered through this process, and I believe that's why we went to outside counsel. Is that well, correct? Well, it certainly helps to narrow down the issues you correct. wish the Attorney General to address. If you're trying to get it in expedited form, the, the, the least number of questions or issues you know, presented to the Attorney General, the, the quicker um, you would think that the Attorney General's office could render such an opinion. In the, in the past, when we have gone to the Attorney General, what normally happens is they come back, and it could be weeks later, well, exactly where do you find fault? You can't ask them to examine the whole petition asking them where the fault lies. Is it, I mean, that's as far as our past. They want you to define as to what you think is right or wrong. The, the guidelines... Uh, from the attorney now, general's office, now, they want you notice, issues. You notice the queen is very, uh, he, he seems to be very knowledgeable on exactly the way you present something to the AG's office for an opinion to get well, a wording. Apparently How? when he was in CPA school, he must've taken some law classes. 
or maybe he's real knowledgeable about how to get an opinion on ethical issues regarding uh, being an elected official and doing business as an elected official. Maybe so. Okay. So this is about 10 seconds here. <laughs> Hammonds is up to bat again. Presented to them or the questions <clears throat> presented to them in the most narrow form possible to answer your questions. <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. Here we go. I've got Matter one follow-up question, Mr. President. Yes. But could we have just sent that in with your opinion as you being the paid attorney for the city of Bossier? We, we certainly could have, um, but again, with the number of issues that were presented, um, the potential problems, I guess I should say, or the vices or faults, then how, how we would, would we probably know? in all. Yeah, how, exactly. how would we know? Only person or people that can see it is them. The public yeah, can't see it. Exactly. All likelihood, be still be waiting on the attorney general to render such an opinion. We at the time did not have the defined parameters that we ended up with outside counsel. That is a fair assessment. I would agree. Thank you. Okay. Any additional comment? David's new buzzword for the day is defined parameters or buzz phrase, I should say. Uh, good friend Jeffrey Saddle got the comment up on the screen, says properly certified is not an issue. It is certified, and de to declare it anything but would uh, not be settled by an AG opinion but through litigation. Until litigation declares it is not a certified petition, the city must follow the p charter. That's a good good point properly certified i mean the fact the matter is it is certified whether proper or not who cares it is certified but yeah i mean but you know what rex i mean i look i don't know how much more video keep going because there is so much good oh, here. We, we've, we've got to show tommy chandler unloading in the end but let's keep going here yeah all right so uh jacobs has one more thing Let's see if I can get to that real quick. I would say that attached to the resolution is the outside opinion and also the opinion letter that I have sent to the council. So it is now publicly available. So just to let you all know, he's not worried about attorney work product or attorney client privilege any longer. Magically in this meeting, poof, it's gone. Yeah. So basically he summed it down to two things. One the petition is fatally flawed because it doesn't, according to state statute, have the date of birth of every person who signed it on there. Because it doesn't have the date of the birth, they can't understand what the public wanted. They have no, it, it's like a different foreign language and they don't get it. They don't understand it. All right. So I'm so, going to skip, I'm going to skip and, ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, and, and there's nothing they can do. And, and he recommends, and Katie Bell recommends that they do nothing. Right. All right. So I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, they, Bubba Don does a, introduces a motion to remove items 6 and 11, which were further discussion about the term limits and all that, uh, from the agenda. And they get into a discussion about that so i'm going to skip ahead to uh city councilman christmas comments here we go later um you know and i kind of i kind of came prepared today to um kind of give my take on why i think this is good policy and 
had an opportunity to speak with Ms. Bell and, and Mr. Jacobs and Mr. Ray and um, you know my mind my mind is kind of altered because today's vote and today's um, action wasn't necessarily about term limits it was actually much more than that T today's potential action in number six and eleven uh, was telling the voters of Bossier who signed a petition that you know we hear you and, and we're and we're taking you up um, and I think in my humble opinion we can get outside opinions from different attorneys we can get attorney general's opinions you know we can we can get opinions and we can just continue to 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 kick the can or we can just take action and so I, I would like to see the council just take action you know there's two ways that a charter can be amended um, and I think that you know Abraham Lincoln once said that this was a nation of the people by the people and for the people and I don't know that our founding fathers when they went on this experiment of America that they um, that they expected the very complex laws that we have now and you know laws are needed for sure it maintains law and order and and make sure that there's a proper way but I don't think the the idea was for the layman to have to navigate complex code to help make change and let their voice be heard and I think that we need to remember that you know the the principles that our our, our country was founded on and maybe there's flaws with the petition maybe there is a fatal flaw in the petition I, I guess we won't know for a couple of weeks but uh, after we get that opinion then what you know then what's next and so I think that I think that you know we would be doing the citizens a a a great service by saying you know we hear you there there may have been mistakes in, in what was presented to us uh, you know, so we will pick up the baton and we will do it. We will do it the uh, the alternate way and, and, and at least give them the vote. Look, I'm I'm a pretty sensible guy. I'm not here to cause controversy. I'm here to just do what I think is right. And you know, I I will admit that all 65,000 people that live in Bossier City, not all of them agree with this policy. I think a vast majority do, uh, and I do think it's good policy. Um, but the 3,000 at least they weren't trying to make the minds up for all 65,000 they just were asking for a chance to let the voters decide on it and I think that is the important thing that we need to remember is that the, the voters deserve to at least have their vote cast and, and their voice heard on this matter so I hope that we will not you know because it's been a month and a half we've talked about this at ad nauseum and I, I would like us to at least just move forward and kind of put this behind us and, and, and get to a resolution because I don't think the petitioners care if we have to pick up the ball and do it the alternate way as long as they get their voice heard so bam hey I, I gotta say how how horrible has it got to be that you go, you're going to ignore all the public and knowing that the public can see right through you. 
Right. They, they see you for the fraud that you are, that you say you represent them, and you're just totally ignoring them. How, how ugly, how horrible of a feeling is that? Right. They're, they're trying to spin this around so that they're doing the right thing and making sure it's all legal. And everybody can see, it's kind of like the song that we played at the very beginning, everybody can see you were right, Duke. It's not necessarily the Richmond north of Richmond. It's the Richmond just slightly north of Barksdale Boulevard. Um, okay. They're blowing I, smoke I, and delaying. I, I can't. I can't, I can't ignore this anymore. I've been sitting here on go to share my screen. Mark Smith. I mean, okay, Mark. He said, you know, I'm going to pick up to the part where he says, he says, and if a conveyance deed omitted the words bargain convey, then it isn't valid. It's not that the date of birth is irrelevant. It is that the flaw could cause worse problems in the future. Okay, Mark. I'm going to concede maybe you're right. But thankfully, Section 502 of the Charter, right here, there's a way, if, if what you're saying is, is that all the councilmen are just looking out for the city and not wanting to cause a problem, that they're not deaf, dumb, and stupid, and blind, or ignorant, or ignoring the will of the people that they say they represent, but yet they're not representing them. Thankfully, right here, Section 502. Initiative ordinance proposed by city council. The city council may, by majority vote, propose an ordinance to be submitted to a vote of the people. It's right there. All they got. They All they got to do is literally propose an ordinance to do this. The petition is irrelevant. They could have done it today, but that's that's why I said earlier they're over here playing checkers, looking like complete horses' asses, which is fine with us. It gives us content for weeks to come, but literally they could just pass the ordinance and be done with this. And we'd have to shut up about it. But right there, it's, it's right there, Mark. Why are you telling me? Can they, is, is section five zero two in compliance with uh, the statute? Can, yeah. can they not do that? I mean, can they right. not propose an ordinance? Yeah. And do this? I mean, I mean, they don't have to put no date of birth on on here. Why don't they? Right. Why don't they do that, Mark? Explain that. Yeah, I'd also like to point out. Let me switch screens again. I'll get back over here. But uh, our good friend and former amigo Shane Cheatham says, uh, November 6, twenty twelve, term limits were on the ballot in Bossier Parish for the school board. Three or thirty five thousand seventeen people voted in favor. 7,800 voted against it. It passed 82% to 18% for the school board. What do you think it's going to pass for the city council? And I don't think that there was even any media or fanfare, you know, for term limits for the, for the uh, school board back then. This right here is getting tons of media and attention, and the public sees what their elected officials are doing, that they're ignoring them. I mean, listen... Let's not mention what the election is going to be, you know, for council the next time around. But on this issue right here, I, I don't know. We may exceed 82%. Maybe so. Okay. Uh, let me see where we're at on this video. We're at the 25 minute mark. Oh, yeah. So King David uh, gives us a lesson on charter commissions. Here we go. 
I'll just leave it at that. Thank you. Any additional comments? I have. Yes, sir. Um, Mr. Smith, I wanted to let you know that um, in a conversation, um, Mr. Darby had asked me to reach out regarding um, the uh, issue of charter commissions and so forth. We've done that in the past. Um, it, it appears as though things could have been done differently. So, Did you hear that phrase, though? Did you hear what he just said? They did charter limits in the past, but it appears, I mean, they did a charter commission in the past, but it appears things could have been done differently. Interesting choice of words there, Queen David. All right, here we go. Um, I've reached out to Mr. Jacobs and Miss Bell to ensure going forward that we do this by the book. Since we're doing this by the book, we want to make sure that the Charter Commission, am I correct, Mr. Jacobs and Mr. Darby, that it's done by the book. We, we, to your point, you hear the people, it is their right to have this referendum put forth and voted on. Mm -hmm. That's what America and democracy is all about. But we want to ensure, to, to Mr. Jacobs' point, that this is done correctly and it cannot be challenged in the future. You spoke of a rule of law in America. Unfortunately, we're governed by a lot of lawyers. <laughs> and and a, a lot of business people might find fault in how many we have. I see my cousin, no, he's already left, Judge Stinson, but I mean, we all laugh about that, but it, uh, you know, we are in the position we are today that, you know, courts and laws and judges and lawyers, it, it's just the nature of the beast, so to speak. So um, I want to make sure, and I'm sure everybody on this council, and including the mayor, ensure that this is done properly and again, by the book, and I think that you will see something coming, hopefully, um, at the next council meeting that we can assimilate and, and devise a plan that it. All right, I'm going to cut him off. So, but gee, he, he is I'm worried intrigued. About Look, they are so worried about making sure that it's by the book. We're down to whether or not somebody put their date of birth on a form so that the registrar of voters could have another tool to identify who it is. That's what they're hanging their hat on that, you know, they're perfect. They want to make sure it's perfect. It's got to be exactly perfect. Right. right. <laughs> now, right. how many other cases like, can anybody tell me whose fault it was of not having the the permits from the railroad for the shed road, you know, Walter O. Bigby carriageway crossing? Since since King David, since y'all are want to make sure things are perfect, can you tell the public whose fault that is and who was held accountable? I mean, yeah, I mean, y'all are an operation of perfection here. I mean, by all means, please tell me that answer or tell me how it is that Manshack was paid a hell of a lot of overtime money during the ice storm. Yeah. How is it that they were paid overtime? Yeah. I'm, oh. I mean, I'm just I'm just wondering how, how that happened. <laughs> yeah, we, but, but we, we're, 
but we want to make sure we're perfect, right? Right. We digress. Okay, hold on. Let me make sure we're still online because somebody asked if Facebook dropped. I'm still showing us to be online. Yeah, and I'm still hearing us. So if you can't see us on Facebook, let me know in the comments. But no, I think uh, Facebook's still up. All right. Uh, you know, Rex, so let me Rex, see how far to, we want to go. I wanted to you find our place, but I wanted to also comment, you know, to the to the tune of a hundred people that across all the platforms that are still oh, live, yeah. watching and following us. Thank you all for taking the time to going through this material. I mean, and, and bringing yourself up to speed and 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 learning it. Uh, I appreciate your time. Right. Uh, absolutely. I, I, we've gained followers and we're going longer and longer. That's crazy. Okay, so uh, let's get to our good friend David Johnson. This was kind of an interesting exchange. Um, Rehabilitation. Did you ask if there were comments from the from the audience? I, I got up as soon as you said that. Several times. Yeah. Actually, they did. I got up as soon as you said it the last time just a minute ago. I got up as soon as you said it. On the approval of the agenda as amended? Yes. On the time limits, yes. Okay. Name and address, please. David Johnson, 4600 blocks, General U. Let me speak. I just want to address the council. I know 2,977 people in, in what I feel is goodwill signed a petition. Some people worked very hard on that. This is specific to the amended agenda. Yes, and I want to talk to I want to talk to you about the fact that two, that we're overlooking 2,977 people. I under, I'd like a copy of the charter as written, so I can seek counsel and we can make sure that it never happens again. And we come back, and we're going to come back. We will have everything dotted and crossed. Chris, if you could get that for me, I'd much appreciate it. Speak to me, sir. We'll get that for you. Very good. Right. I just I just want the people that, that did camp, campaign on this and and the folks that signed this petition attention. to know that that they are their their yeah, their signature good. was appreciated and they were counted and we will keep moving forward. Good. Yes, Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, and Phyllis did remind him, and so I'll let everybody know that the city charter is is online. The whole thing. That's where we get the screenshots from and all that. Okay. So, I, there's really, uh, I want to get to Weston's comment at the end. I'm going to skip over, it depends on what you want to do, Duke, but I'm going to skip over the part where they uh, had a little fireworks between Tommy and the rest. I figure we can cover that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that for next week. Let's, uh, let's show Weston's comments, and, and remember in the beginning... Um, remember in the beginning, they, they started out by reading newly amended, uh, you know, ways to, to talk and, and what you could and couldn't say or whatever, or they're are redefining, uh, comments that they didn't like as being they're, boisterous. They're Tweaking Slander, boisterous. That slanderous was the and boisterous. Yeah. All right. Here we go. The 29th. Next meeting. Yeah. Okay. Questions from the audience? <clears throat> Name and address, please. West Marriott, 4308 Parkway Drive. Uh, I find it very interesting that throughout the course of today's events and this specific agenda item, that we're willing to listen to the people that you 
get these recommendations from when it's convenient for you. When the mayor comes before you and says, I'd like to have the ability and the authority to manage my specific, departments. Specific to the agenda. This is specific, Mr. President. If you allow me to, if you allow me to finish item. my, if you allow me to finish my statements, Mr. No, President. To this, item. to this item, specific to this item. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Is there questions about this item? I have public comment that I would like to address nope. the council nope. pursuant to Resolution 76 of 2021 that allows me to address oh, the no. council on this specific agenda item. However, I can't fit it all into one sentence, so I would like to make a point that may extend into a paragraph. Uh, Mr. President, call to order. Ms. Clerk, would you read our Here we procedure? Go. Intimidation. You got you to gotta be perfect. Now, it's I'm, got I'm, to be oh, yeah. what they want, how they want it, when they want it. It can't be your words. It can't be. Otherwise, it is, by definition, slanderous or boisterous. Yeah. And full disclosure, everybody, remembering that I did skip ahead part of the meeting that we're going to cover next week, but I wanted to get to Wes's little tip for tat here with them because it was pretty good. All right, here we go. Any person making personal, impertinent, or slanderous remarks or who shall become boisterous while addressing the council shall be forthwith this by the president pro tem barred from further audience before the council unless permission to continue be granted by a majority vote of the council. I'm going to start May I reclaim my time boisterous. to make my pertinent comments and bring the point together, Mr. President? Two minutes, 21 seconds. Thank you, Mr. Please. President. I appreciate that. The First Amendment does afford us the right to seek redress from our government when we feel they're not following the will of the people. Now, you've asked for the chief of police to give his opinion on uh, why he needs the justice grant, which we all agreed on, and you voted the right way on that. You've asked the fire department, uh, the chief Zagoni, why he needs to add this additional person. However, we ignore Mr. Mayor when he says he needs to um, add people to certain departments or remove people. And now we're stonewalling another attempt to just keep the proper personnel levels, whether it's a mechanic, whether it's a firefighter, allow the people that you've appointed and that the people of Bossier City have elected to do their job. So I would say, do not continue this vote to put the people in place so we can have the services that the city requires thank you thank you any additional comments and they're all done right, all right council so they did eventually vote uh to go ahead and get the attorney general's opinion remember when they voted previously in the meeting it was to add it to the agenda um i, I i'm almost speechless at what they're doing because Wes was not out of line at all. No, he, he, he wasn't, but they, they do this all the time. That is a tactic that the city of Bossier uses to say that what your comments are are not germane to the subject that they're talking about. So you can't express a complete thought. You can't express a complete opinion. If you were say wanting to use, uh, a comparison contrast you couldn't do it because they will every time they'll say oh you're not talking about what we're talking about right now because they can't understand the language of you the citizen it's it's foreign to them it's Greek yeah well all right I don't know about you but uh, we're at almost three hours this is amazing we've got over 90 maybe bumping 100 people across all the platforms still watching 
at two hours and 54 minutes and 38 seconds. We really appreciate everybody watching and y'all sharing and liking and commenting and all those things that you do. Um, it's literally the only reason we do it. Yeah, that's it. Because uh, I, if people didn't care and people weren't, you know, trying to tune in and, and taking ownership and trying to make a difference in all of this, I can tell you, I got a lot better things I could be doing. So it means a lot to see you guys here and sitting here that lo this long. Um, <laughs> yeah, appreciate abs, it. Hat, hat tip to you. All right. So next week we may have some more guests on. Uh, we're going to try to start hitting some of the police juror candidates um, and other people also running if we can get them to come on the show. We'll cover the fireworks between Tommy and the rest of the council. Uh, as well and I want to encourage everybody when you sign off of here or tomorrow whenever you have time uh, if you use iTunes or whatever platforms go watch Oliver Anthony's again watch his uh, video again and listen to that song uh, Rich Men North of Richmond because it applies here it applies anywhere and it applies to everybody play it again and just take us off the screen and let's end the show with that that sounds like a plan to me folks we appreciate y'all watching uh y'all know the deal email <laughs> us if you need something or whatever and here we go mark, mark smith i think i might could have a beer with him that's funny <laughs> yeah, maybe you just got to be careful if you're driving the back roads <clears throat> i'll just leave it at that <laughs> All right, here we go. Folks, we appreciate y'all watching. We're going to sign off here, go get dinner, let Duke get back and hopefully get his air conditioning fixed. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get out of here with Oliver Anthony. See y'all next week. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men north the rich men Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you.
like you wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Cause the rich men, North the rich men. I've been selling my soul, working all day. Overtime hours for bullshit pay. 